is The Monty Show, the truth in sports talk streaming. When you want unbiased opinions about your favorite team without the spin, all you have to do is find The Monty Show, streaming live and available 24 hours a day, seven days a week on YouTube. And now, here's Monty. Hey, hey, how the heck are you? Happy Monday on The Monty Show. As always, we are presented by our good friends at The Advocates, theadvocates.com. The best injury attorneys in the business, I tell you every single day on the show, it's the advocates. And this whole initiative that they're working on right now to provide Halloween costumes for homeless kids, partnering with The Road Home, the foremost homeless advocates in the country, it just goes to show you how much the advocates care about their communities, you guys. If you have a dollar, five dollars, a hundred dollars, please consider donating to the advocates. Here is their Venmo um, they are going to give homeless kids Halloween costumes. And I just ask you to put yourself in that position. If you're a 10 year old kid, you're homeless. You may be living in a shelter. Hopefully you're not living in a car or a van or on the street. You probably are not going to feel normal doing things like going to school. So let's give $5 to the advocates, a hundred dollars to the advocates, a million dollars, whatever you have to help a kid feel normal on Halloween. It's just such a an important thing. There's their Venmo on the screen. Send it directly to them. In the notes section, please put Halloween costumes, the Monty Show. That'd be great. The advocates, the best injury attorneys in the business. Boy, what a news day it's turned into. Uh, here on the showgram, we've been talking about uh, you know Pac-12 expansion for some time. Uh, and today, an absolute revelation coming out as many now have reported what we have been reporting essentially since last February when we broke the news nationally that Gonzaga had an invitation to join uh, the Big 12 and there was just a matter of this chess match and waiting out. And so months and months and months went by. Uh, The situation in the Pac-12 played out and You lost 10 members of the conference, and you have these two remaining members. Today, though, the national media reporting what we've been reporting since August, and if you go back to my Twitter, uh, it's at the top of my Twitter stack that uh, on August 4th, we told you that Gonzaga and the Big 12 were close to an agreement. Now, several things were at play there very clearly. The Big 12 presidents wanted a cooling off period. We talked about this, I don't know, late Late August uh, is when that was really hot and heavy where the Big 12 wanted some time to just recuperate. You made major moves heading into the football season. Obviously, you're adding the Arizona schools, you're adding Utah, uh, you're adding Colorado, but you have you know the Cincinnati's, UCF's, BYU's, Houston coming into the conference. You have all this tumult. I was told this afternoon that there was about a three-week period at the end of August into September where it was pretty quiet as far as Gonzaga and the Big 12 were concerned. I am also told that Brett Yormark and Gonzaga have had that, hey, just a bump to stay top of mind. Hey, hope you guys are doing well. Just that little that little tap on the shoulder to say, hey, we're still here and we're still very interested in talking to you. That has unequivocally not been the case with UConn. Um, I am told very point blank today that Gonzaga is a business decision. End of story. 
The Big 12, as we have told you, is building a basketball unit. It is a revenue stream for them. There's no other way to slice it. Gonzaga builds that model for the Big 12. It again reinvigorates this this energy. It reinvigorates this belief in the aura around the Big 12 basketball conference that it is the premier conference in the country. You add Gonzaga to that, and now it becomes unquestioned. With your move to Rucker Park, your move to, to Mexico and Mexico City and Monterey for football, all of these things continue to cement and work together. And you add Gonzaga to all of that, Jake, and it makes a lot of sense. This is a phenomenal business move for the Big 12. Yeah, and I think a lot of people want to characterize Gonzaga's move to the Big 12 uh, you know, as very similar to what SMU did in the ACC. And that's just not the case at all. A lot of people are drawing comparisons to, well, hey, you know, SMU you know, is taking this huge pay cut, right? They're not going to take any money for a really long time. And that was essentially their value to the ACC. And a lot of people want to say, oh, well, this is kind of the same thing, right? The Big 12 is going to add Gonzaga, which is obviously a basketball only. They don't play football. And we should be really specific on that. They're not just adding the basketball team to the conference. Gonzaga does play a, a plethora of different sports. They just happen to be a school that does not have a football team. So when it comes to media rights negotiations, they're regarded as a basketball only. So Gonzaga being a basketball only is obviously going to be worth less than a school that provides you football and basketball. So let's not get this confused, right? When we talk about this being a business decision, Brett Yormark has talked all about how, hey, we want to monetize basketball. And we're going we're gonna to continue to grow that part of our business. And Gonzaga does just that. Gonzaga is a team that's in the tournament every single year. Gonzaga is at the top of the conversation. Gonzaga is a team that is reliable, right? There's no questions of, hey, well, are they going to be a tournament team this year? No, they're in that thing every single year, which means they're getting paid and you're getting paid more money. So while all this realignment was happening in college football, what was your Mark and Gonzaga doing? Just what my guy here said, hey, we still want to add you. We still want to add you, but we need to go through this process. So this is hardly breaking news. This is hardly a surprise. In fact, I would say this should have been expected on some level. They just wanted to let the conversation cool off a little bit with, with realignment, let the football season get going, and then let's get back to the business of growing the conference. So I'm not surprised by this at all. No, and I, I, I think there's a lot of narratives that have gone on uh, around Gonzaga. Like, I, I mean, I, I was DMing with a media friend of mine today um, who we were talking about this idea that uh, Gonzaga and UConn were an afterthought that, hey, you know, if we can't get anybody else, we'll just go and get Gonzaga and UConn. I can tell you that's just never been the case ever. Not, not in any circumstance has Brett Yormark viewed Gonzaga as an afterthought or, I, 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 you know, a, a parachute or a fallback plan or, you know, whatever terminology you want to label it with. Brett Yormark has always valued Gonzaga. And I think it's really important to say that. Like, you know, we have sound uh, uh, of Brett Yormark talking about, um, you know, where he was on Gonzaga. And I'll, I'll play this bite from, what did you say this was? March, March 8th of this fr year. From March 8th. In what way, in what way does this make Gonzaga sound like you know, just some some safety net for the Big 12. Is there uh, anything new on Gonzaga as a possible Big 12 candidate for basketball? 
I like Gonzaga, obviously a great program. Um, you know, my focus right now uh, is to see what happens throughout our industry. You know, there's, there's a lot of moving parts, and um, I continue to have conversations with Gonzaga, but I think as I prioritize what our next move might be in expansion, there's other things right now that I'm focused on. I don't see any way, shape, or form that says, yeah, they're just, you know, oh, man, Arizona said, no, we better go get Gonzaga. I just don't see that. And I've heard that so often over the last year that somehow Gonzaga's this easy button. Gonzaga's anything but this easy button. And I, I hope people understand that you cannot lump Gonzaga and UConn into the same conversation. Mm -hmm. Those are two completely different situations. The the biggest difference between Gonzaga and UConn, obviously, is UConn has a football program that they value very highly, and Gonzaga doesn't play football. And there's all these conversations about, hey, is Gonzaga going to bring all their other sports? I, I'm told that the Big 12 and Gonzaga have a model to work both ways. It's simply a matter of prioritizing basketball, number one, and the rest of those sports are number two. And I don't think there's any doubt that bringing Gonzaga baseball into this conference or any other sport you want to point to is something that Brett Yormark would like to do. I think if Brett Yormark had his way, he would bring every single sport at Gonzaga to the league. But I think there's also something to be said for being pragmatic about this. And I think one of the, the real interesting things was uh, Brett McMurphy talked about 23-24 versus 2025 to make this move like actual reality. I think there's a lot in scheduling and there is a lot of unknown right now around the ACC because I think that situation still maintains a, a good bit of instability, if you will, in that conference. So I think it is, in my opinion, very clear that Brett Yormark has valued Gonzaga for a very long time. The issues with Gen Gonzaga and UConn, again, and I cannot say this enough, Gonzaga and UConn present completely different situations with completely different circumstances. And I don't believe that, that Brett Yormark was ever close. I don't believe that he was anywhere near in depth with, with UConn. And I have been telling you since February, he has been in the weeds with, with Gonzaga. He has had high-level conversations, document exchanges, research, data, like he has done and this conference has done and Gonzaga has done the due diligence to make this happen. I think the other thing here that you have to remember is what's at stake here for Gonzaga? Because I think this is a really critical point. Gonzaga is in the WCC. And if we just focus on basketball, because that's the moneymaker at Gonzaga. Mm -hmm. Gonzaga is in the West Coast Conference. Gonzaga in the last 20 years has brought in over 70 basketball units and if you don't know what a basketball unit because i saw a ton of people asking me on twitter every game in the ncaa tournament has a dollar figure assigned to it and that money goes to the conference not the school so when gonzaga goes to the final and the final four and the elite eight and the sweet 16 that money is being poured into the coffers of the wcc and even though they've renegotiated their deal the the, the money that Gonzaga is losing on having to parse that money out to the rest of the WCC, who in large part does not contribute to the NCAA tournament outside of St. Mary's and other one-offs, Gonzaga has dominated the units in the WCC for decades. 
And Gonzaga's real win here is, even if they take a 25% media distribution, and again, an important point is, this is not anything like SMU. Nothing. I have not heard one time from anybody that Gonzaga is willing to take $0 in media distribution. That is simply not the case, I am told. They are willing to take significantly less media distribution because they know the units being earned in the Big 12 and the basketball projections going forward say the Big 12 is going to remain highly competitive. So you add, you add Gonzaga to that. You add the rest of this league that had a, an absolute boon of units last year. It's more money for everybody. Instead of Gonzaga bringing all the money in, largely all the money, and distributing it to everybody else in the conference, in the Big 12, everybody brings money in, or a large part of the conference brings money in, and that would include Gonzaga, who's making a significantly larger sum of money off of NCAA units than they would be staying in the WCC. It is an absolute financial no-brainer. And I'm told there's one other thing that Gonzaga values in this situation, and that is that they get their own spotlight. One of the main things that Gonzaga has been weary of is being thrown into a big bucket in realignment where there was no fanfare and there was no PR opportunity and there was no marketing opportunity. And for a brand like Gonzaga that is almost wholly built on being a basketball powerhouse, it makes a lot of sense that they want to be able to have their moment. They want to be able to capture the spotlight nationally. They're going to do that when this happens. And I'm told it's 10 days. I, would, I was told that it could happen as soon as the next 10 days you can have an announcement because the paper has been transferred already. Brett Yormark issued an oral invitation to Gonzaga in February. They went through the summer and obviously with all that realignment, they have the paperwork. All of the questions have been asked and answered. So now it's just a matter of, getting on the same timeline. And I think Gonzaga would like to have this finalized before their re their preseason really kicks off and they start running full speed into the basketball season. I think they'd like to have this finalized before that happens. Yeah, and I think if you're Gonzaga, you know, obviously you've been going through a process and that process has, has taken some time, you know, and, and I'm not saying that it's been dragged out. I think there are clear and obvious uh, external factors that have made it take longer than it typically would, you know, most notably the Pac-12 melting down in, uh, you know, major additions to the Big 12, you know, and I think Gonzaga is just a is just a brand that fits in great with a conference that prioritizes basketball. And and for them, they obviously have to be selfish and make as much money as they can because I, I, I'm going to keep saying it. The overreaching thousand-foot viewpoint, whether it's conference level or uh, member institution level, is you got to make money, man. And maybe you don't use that money right now, but but that money could be valuable to you down the line. Yes. If Gonzaga ever got into a you know a, a tough spot or whatever the case may be, I mean, there's just so many unknowns moving forward, right? Like, so I think these schools, you know, specifically Gonzaga, but I think you're seeing it in a lot of other areas understand okay yeah we we do need to prioritize making as much money as possible not to say we're not making money but we need to max that thing out we need to squeeze that orange for every drop of juice as they say and i think that's what Gonzaga is doing here well and i think the other story today that is really impactful in this conversation is john wilner's confirmation of what we've been reporting for several weeks now john wilner reporting today in the san jose mercury news that the Pac-12, meaning the 10 exiting schools and the two remaining, Oregon State and Washington State, 
are in fact headed to arbitration, which is the only outcome here. Because there is no way, shape, or form that these two, Washington State and Oregon State, who I think have been absolutely pragmatic, have been absolutely aggressive and moving in the right direction at every chance they get since all of this realignment happened, the one thing they cannot do is wait until their November 14th court date. That is, that is just not a possibility. If you wait until November 14th, I, I think you're simply out of time because if you go to court on this and some, some legal minds, I, I think ESPN had a really nice piece over the weekend where they're talking about this could be 12 weeks. Guys, 12 weeks? That's three months. <laughs> that's, that's, I mean, yeah. November, uh, November to December 14th, December to January, January to February. If it goes three months, you're talking about being at Valentine's Day before you have any kind of clarity. That's just not an option. Yeah. And I think that's why the 10 exiting members have been in no hurry to get into to a settlement or arbitration because the closer and closer we get, um, and today being October 9th, we're just five weeks away from that trial date. And if it if it happens on that date for that hearing on this, you know this this restraining order, if you will, I, I this is a no win situation for Oregon State and Washington State. But I think why this story about arbitration is so important because there's no other alternative for Oregon State and Washington State. And one of the the biggest questions I got today was, well, hey, does this mean that the Big Twelve is expanding? They're not expanding. What they're doing is targeting Gonzaga. They're, at, they're looking at Gonzaga, and Gonzaga fills an absolute need for Brett Yormark. And that is that it doesn't bring you a 17th full member. That's not what this is, and I think this is a really important distinction you need to make. Gonzaga doesn't play football, so it leaves your football to, to, to its own self. What does Gonzaga do? Gonzaga creates an even stronger basketball business unit. Yeah. And the reason I keep using that term business unit, because my sources at the Big 12 have told me they are designating basketball and football as different business entities. It's why they've hired and built, and they are currently building a commercial division, which is essentially a sales organization, a robust sales organization to sell football and sell basketball differently. That's what the Big 12 is doing. Having 17 basketball programs is not a problem because you're going to have 16 football programs and you are going to be able to schedule that 17th team much more effectively when you don't have to worry about football. Yep. And this is the discussion about all the sports, some of the sports, none of the sports, only basketball. Because if you bring in all of their other sports, their Olympic sports, their baseball, now it's a much larger thing. But if you just bring in basketball, it's a pretty simple, straightforward A to B. Here's how we're scheduling 17 teams. Yep. So, again, as much as I, I value what Oregon State and Washington State have brought to the table, this is not your typical, well, the Big 12's expanding. That's not what this is. This is Brett Yormark seeing an opportunity. And I believe we said this is, is as early as February. I know we said it in August and in July. Gonzaga represents its own unique situation. And that is that they are a basketball powerhouse that allows Brett Yormark and the Big 12 
to supercharge their revenue through basketball. And I think that's been his main priority for the better part of the year that year plus now that he's been at the Big 12. Yeah, and I think it fortifies the conference too because nobody else is doing it, right? So if you think about like if basketball and football are their own entities under the Big 12 conference name, then we can sit here and have a conversation about, okay, cool. So so football is, you know, is is doing really well, right? But maybe basketball needs to improve or vice versa, right? And we don't have to have the, you know, we don't have to have the the toughness of of changing schedule or changing whatever you want like turning different knobs to make the thing run better you don't have to have that difficulty of 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 scheduling constantly like i think overall the conference is just more it it just is run better that's what i keep coming back to with brett yormark in the big 12. it's just simply run better it's run better than the sec it's run better than the big 10 and the only difference is is that those two conferences have bigger names under their name right like imagine what what brett yormark would do in the big 10. how much better off would the big 10 be if brett yormark was running it and that's what i hope people understand this isn't like you just said this isn't some traditional expansion thing no gonzaga is a very strategic choice and play it's not just some oh yeah well there's a school available it's an opportunity yeah that's what it it, it is it's as simple as they they make you unquestionably the best basketball conference in the country. Yeah, I mean, you can't argue it. Long-term, with the way that Mark Few has just sustained excellence at Gonzaga, you're you're in a great position here. So I don't look at this, and, and I'm sure that, you know, Washington State and Oregon State fans are probably going to lose their mind over it, but this is not expansion. This isn't okay. Well, we got to add this group of schools or we've, this is very clearly, Hey, do you want to do business with us? We do. Well, we want to do business with you. Here's how we're going to do it. That's it. Yeah. This is not, Hey, we're going to, and if it was, if it was football and basketball, okay. I think that's a completely different thing. You probably can't stop at 17. There's a lot of awkwardness. It's going to be every sport from multiple. Okay. You're expanding. Yeah, I mean, there's you. You're not gonna stop at 17 for football. There's just that's yeah. that's untenable. But now you look at a situation where, hey, maybe it is just basketball only. Okay, cool, we can do that. Well, they they want to bring their all their sports over. Okay, that's gonna be a little more di- difficult. Let's push to 2025 when we have a little more clarity. Sign the documents today. Done, like that. And it's it's not dissimilar to what the Big 12 did with their TV deal. Which is, it doesn't start this year, doesn't start, you know, like, you can schedule this stuff out. And when you have a running start, I think it's different. It is, in my opinion, it is it is just a stroke of brilliance. Yes. A stroke of brilliance. If Brett Yormark can get this done, like, and I know it pisses a lot of people off. I, I don't know what foot the guy's put wrong. I, <laughs> every step that Brett Yormark has taken. Yeah. I just don't know how you do a better job than he's done. Well, and I, and I think, you know, it's funny, like in that clip we played, like he talks about how, you know, there are things, you know, the marketplace is ever changing and there's things we have to evaluate, which is commissioner ease for, hey, we're expanding, so we can't do this right now. Right? Like that's all he's saying without saying it. You can yeah. see right through it. And I think the point is that's not a criticism. That's a compliment. He knows how to talk to the world without explicitly saying 
you know, what it is. And I, and I think that's the genius. Like, okay, so let me yeah. get this right. Your commissioner knows how to play the media properly, right? So he, he has the media box checked. He's got the keep all the member institutions in line box checked, and he's got the expansion P&L sheet making yeah. the conference money box checked. I mean, I just don't know what else you well, can ask listen for. to what Brett Yormark said about monetizing basketball. And while you listen to this clip, I think this is the perfect answer to are they are they expanding? Oh, they're definitely expanding. No, they're not. Yes. You listen to his words about monetizing basketball and then tell me you want to call this full expansion. We'll explore opportunities to further monetize basketball when we go back into the market after this new TV deal. So I think everything we do from now till then is all about value creation. And how can we position ourselves to monetize basketball in all the right ways? I'm convinced we can do that. Any questions? Uh, I mean, he is he is he has been telling us this since February. And those clips are March 8th at the Big 12 basketball championship. Like, I mean, this makes perfect sense. You've given yourself that cooling off period the president's asked you for. He's done a really good job. And maybe his best attribute is. He's done a great job building relationships because he's kept in touch. He's kept his relationship at Gonzaga. Like, I mean, it is, it is really crazy how much stronger this conference is. Now, you're going to lose Texas and Oklahoma, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. You're going to lose Texas and Oklahoma, and there's no recovering that kind of brand power. But I think Brett Yormark has done a great job stabilizing this conference and putting them in position to recover financially from what they're going to lose with Texas and Oklahoma. I just, yeah, I don't know what more he could do. As a as an operator, I truly don't know what more he could do. I, I Yeah, I, I think he's spot on, and I think he's been good to his word. I think, you know, yeah. like I just, I, you know, I, I don't mean to sit here and slurp the guy, but but he's he deserves it. I mean, he deserves a lot of credit for, you know, uh, ushering the sheep through the, through the, expansion window you know making sure that his conference you know controls the media narrative about how things went down right or or i mean there's any number of things that 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 he could have misstepped on and he hasn't and i think he deserves a lot of credit for that i you know i i yeah. I, I people don't appreciate how difficult it is to be a commissioner i mean the difference between being george klyovkov and being Brett Yormark is massive, man. And when you're as good at what you do as Brett Yormark is, you see that play out because of how smooth everything is, right? He just put on, and again, I know Texas and Oklahoma are leaving. Dude, they just put on one of the most entertaining football games I think I've ever seen. Yeah, but think about think about this conversation. And again, put it in the light of Oklahoma, or excuse me, Oregon State and Washington State. If Kirk Schultz and Oliver Locke and you know President Murphy are able to save that brand and they're able to merge with the Mountain West and keep themselves in an automatic qualifier. I mean, that's nothing short of a stroke of genius. And to recover from what George Klyovkov did to this league and to recover from what Larry Scott did to this league is going to be no small task. Think about golf terminology, up yeah. and down. Hey man, I put it in the water and I still saved par. This would be saving Eagle. <laughs> like, I yeah. don't even know. If, if you're President Murthy at Oregon State and you're President Schultz at Washington State and you're working with Gloria Navarez, 
and you're able to bring this group together under the Pac-12 umbrella, and you stay as a P5, you keep your seat at the table as an automatic qualifier, I mean, it's nothing short of brilliant. Yeah, it's sensational. It's it, sensational. It, and you look at the success of the – now, Fresno State didn't have a great weekend, but you look at the success at the top of the football chain in the, in the Mountain West, and you add that to what Washington State and Oregon State have been doing. And now, again, I think you have to – nowadays, you have to build a basketball league. You have to. And the lone knock that you can put on Oregon State, Washington State, and a lot of the Mountain West is there's not a lot of basketball success there. Yeah. Right? And we're seeing that it's possible because you have San Diego State doing what they did. You have a, a, a Florida Atlantic – right? Doing what they did. So it's possible to build it and build it quickly. But this thing with Gonzaga is the exact example of what the Pac-2 and the Mountain West, when they, if they're able to get there, man, if they are able to get there, that'd be my my second priority. Get this league together is my first priority. My second priority would be build a basketball brand, have meetings, have have education, bang that basketball drum and get in the transfer portal, steal those six men and make them starters. Like, cause there's real value left in the Oregon state and the, and the Washington state brand. And the people telling you there's not are crazy. Yeah. And I think as part of that, I, I, I think you can build momentum by getting through this, this mediation, this, this period with the, yeah. the 10 schools that left, if you can successfully get through this and, and, and retain some of that value, I, it, it is a clear step in the right direction. Now, of course, you're not going to retain every single thing that you have available to you. There is, dude, the the there's pain involved in growing and moving on, and you are going to have to endure some of those losses yes. so that you can get to the next thing. But I think getting to that next thing is super valuable because then you can chart your path forward, just like he was saying. But if we're going to sit here and try to play hardball with these 10 that have left and we're going to drag this thing out till February, you might as well not even think about scheduling anything because there's not going to be anything to schedule. Well, and I think the the big deal here is what we reported in August. The presidents of the Big 12 are on board. Yeah. that's That was, the I think, the single biggest opt- obstacle. If Gonzaga wasn't interested, they would not have been engaged for going on 10 months. So I think you're in a position where this is a matter of when. There's no more if about it. Gonzaga's going to find themselves in the Big 12. It's a matter of when that announcement is made. Well, yeah, and I think if we learned anything from the Pac-12 situation, timing is everything, right? Understanding when and when not to move is everything. And I think that's where Brett's really excelled, right? You, you talked about how the information we have is that, hey, they have been talking. The, 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 the conversation is ongoing, and they've just been waiting for the moment when they can strike. And it seems like finally now that moment is upon us. So I, I, I just – I again, I'm just going to keep saying it. I'm not surprised by this. And, and the national media no. is going to tell you that, you know, this is breaking news and this is incredible and holy cow – and I'm just telling you, like, this has been a conversation on our show since February, and we reiterated it again in August. And it's just not that surprising. No, not that surprising at all. What is surprising, though, as I sit here and look at numbers, is, you guys, we are just 20, 20 sample packs of bucked up, buckshot away from breaking our monthly record. We've never had 300 sample packs of buckshot go out the door. It's in the description below. Go click the link. 
I don't know how much more I can evangelize. Before we get to your comments, I don't know how much more I can evangelize for Bucked Up Buckshot. It is very simply the best energy supplement I use every day. And what it is, is it's 200 milligrams of naturally sourced caffeine, which is completely different um, than manufactured caffeine. And it gives you clean, long-lasting energy. And we want to give you six of them for free. We want to send six free buckshots to your front door. Click the link in the description below. And hey, if they're not, if you want to try them and you don't think that they make a difference, dude, they'll make a difference because not only is it 200 milligrams of caffeine, but it's stocked with brain food. That's the unique difference of buckshot. All you do is pop it in about 15 minutes, 20 minutes max. You're just going to, you're going to say to yourself, wow, I feel better. Hey, I, I'll tell you, one of the things I use it for, headache remedy. Mm-hmm. Dude, if I have a headache and I pop a buckshot, 10, 15 minutes later, gone. Super effective. Yesterday, golfing, again, terrible, terrible front nine. I popped a buckshot on the eighth hole, finished out the eighth and ninth. By the time I got to the tenth, I felt great. Had a fantastic back nine, shot a 77 yesterday. I give all the credit to buckshot. So let's not wait let's any further. This. Let's pop this top. Hit it. In the description below, click the link. <sighs> My favorite flavors are blue raz and watermelon. And of course, sunshine. Hello, Mother Nature. All right, we're going to scoot over. Just slide all the way over here now. Uh, hook it up. We're trying. We need, I think we need 22 more. There's 600 people watching the show. Go hook it up. Bucked up the official energy provider of the Monty Show. And if you need, One of the things I'm doing now, every morning, 5 a.m., out of bed, going to the gym. So I use their whey protein isolate. I use their six-point creatine, which is all six forms of creatine put together. Go hook it up. Use the promo code MONTY20 to get 20% off at checkout at buckedup.com. All right, less of us, more of you. Uh, Mix in your football takes. We got to talk about Oklahoma and Texas. I know everybody makes a joke. Oh, is Texas back? I think Texas is still an elite team. I think Oklahoma's probably got the best resume for a, a spot in the college football playoff now. Yeah. And I think it is it's pretty remarkable what they were able to accomplish. Um, Oklahoma was clearly the better team. Absolutely, they were the better team. Mark Stone says, love you guys, go hard. What's up? Stay hard. Let's go, Mark Stone. Appreciate you. Lance Johnson for $10. Lance, good to see you. I told you on No Doubt Gundy, good win over K-State. Good win over K-State. They dominated Will Howard and K-State on Friday night. That was impressive. Uh, They're showing signs of getting it together enough to make a bowl game at least not quite dead yet. Well, hey, if you can continue to play the defense that we saw Okie State, oh, damn it, dude, that we saw Oklahoma State play, I, I mean, it is, it is, it's impressive. I give Mike Gundy a lot of credit. This is one of those seasons in Stillwater, it would have been easy to roll over. Mm-hmm. No doubt about it. Mark Stone for two more dollars. Hey, Monty, what happened to the Irish? All the haters want to show up today. I think yeah. I probably got a hundred tweets. I probably got Notre Dame, our mother. I probably got 25, 30 text messages, a whole bunch more DMs on Instagram, you know, about how the Irish are, are fakers. And I, I, you're preaching to the choir. 
Yeah, you've been saying this. I literally sat on this show after the Ohio State game, and what did I say about Marcus Freeman? He's not qualified to be the head coach at Notre Dame. Facts. And not only did they have 10 men on the field, two snaps in a row, to which Ohio State won the game by five inches. So not only did that happen, the next week your secondary was consistently out of position in the red zone. Now what happened against Louisville? Um, blown coverages. Repeatedly blown coverages. All over the place. Right? Sam Hartman can only do so much. Him and his sexy-ass beard cannot play defense. They don't tackle his beard as, as thick as it is. He has our full respect. Cannot cover wide receivers. Cannot tackle against the run. The defense is the problem. Now, Audrick Estime being hurt did not help. The defense is the problem. You couldn't run the football. You could not stop the run. You could not. It's a Mar defense. Marcus Freeman is not qualified or quality enough to be the head coach at Notre Dame. I, I, can, I can sit here and talk to myself if you'd like, but I will just keep saying it. Mm -hmm. Dax Johnson, what's up, Dax? Welcome, Dax, the newest member. Yeah. Members only content. Daxon is Johnson are now in the exclusive. Da Daxon. Anyway, uh, in Hiscock. the exclusive members only uh, Instagram chat. Dax, appreciate you, man. Good to see you. Needed Dax to throw. Well, Dax is different than Dax. Macaque. Right? right? That's well, no. Uh, anyway, needed Dak to throw one more TD to win fourteen hundred on prize picks and stay through three interceptions in a row. What a taint. I think that's HIPAA. You're not wrong. Brother. I can laugh at you, Dax, because I I lost every play on prize picks this week. You know. Every single I mean, How does did do you think Will Howard gave me a reach Wait, around when he screwed me like that? What was that, dude? Will, Good dude, Lord. I love you, bro. I absolutely love you. You're going to be a great NFL quarterback. But what the hell was that? My man. You had a week off, and now you want to come out and tell me you're rusty? Come on, dude. Rusty? Come on, bro. Rusty? Like, like, I expect better from you. I know it's the mullet, and it was a blackout game, and everyone rusty? got all excited. Dude. All respect to Oklahoma State. I'm not here for, oh, man, great win for Oklahoma State. No, what I'm here for is that charity gift that you were given by Will Howard and those three interceptions because those were awful decisions oh over God. and over and over again. And I have no idea what he was looking at. And, and I love the guy. I think he's a great quarterback. But that was a absolutely dreadful, dreadful. performance, dude. But... I don't know where he, what he was trying to do or where he was throwing the ball. I, I, that's the worst I've ever seen Will Howard play. Yeah. And it is, it is, I'm, so you know. So needless to say, yes, I got piped on prize picks over the weekend. Awful weekend on prize picks. Today we're bouncing back, though. We'll have uh, for you in about 40 minutes, we'll have our prize picks for tonight, including Major League Baseball and Monday Night Football. Beeves on a rampage. Add Wichita State with Gonzaga. Why would you do that? Again, you guys, I, I mean, I guess we can sit here and play semantics. The Big 12's not expanding. Are they adding Gonzaga? Sure they are. I, I, I will continue to ask twice a week, every week, I talk to the same people. Hey, are you guys going to add a, are you going to add an 18 team with Gonzaga? The answer has been no. For how long? Because they're not looking to add anything but basketball power. 
That's what this move for Gonzaga is. And I understand Oregon State fans are upset. I I would not be upset. And I, this is the other thing I will continue to evangelize. Oregon State and Washington State are in an excellent position. Mm-hmm. They're in a very good position. The contracts and the paperwork and the Pac-12 support their position. They should get the money. They should get the 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 brand. They should control the assets. Like, I think Washington State and Oregon State are in a tremendous position. Now, having said that, it it means nothing if they don't do business with the Mountain West. And again, we've told you on this show, they've had long, deep conversations, and it's simply a matter of letting the process play out now. Yep. If you think they don't have a plan ready to go, you're out of your mind. Yeah, they absolutely do. They absolutely do. Mark Stone says, I'm bucked up on the 49ers. Go hard. I Speaking of an ass kicking, my God. Dude. Not good. Not I mean, not good at all. And we're gonna have a you know, a punch each other in the face fight today about, you know, Lamar Jackson and Dak and all that. And that'll happen later Apparently, in the show. Apparently Jake woke up this morning as a huge Lamar Jackson supporter. But my God, dude, I, I, I don't know and, and I'm not I'm not gonna be blame Dak guy today. That's not happening because that was not all well, on not Dak. not like outwardly you're not. <coughs> you're just gonna like <coughs> slap him sideways and be like, It's not your fault that you suck. Hey, it's not your fault that you're terrible. Hey, my bad. That's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Mark my words. No redos. Uh, Delaric, member for seven months. Thank you, Delaric. Says, uh, yeah, absolutely. Says, just got my sampler. Let's go. Let's go, baby. Jimmy Otson, a member of the show for five months. Let's go, baby. Where that drop out? The Washington Huskies are Jagoffs of the week. There you go. Well, they're really good. Uh, <laughs> I, I, we'll, Wednesday, we'll, we'll fit it in this week at some point. Wednesday, mm. we need to have the, can I move back? I can now. Thank you. Thank you, Mother Nature. Uh, we <laughs> need to have the Heisman conversation mm-hmm. about Michael Penix because it's Oregon and in Washington go, this bro. week. And I think that's an afternoon game, but it is. One o'clock, Seattle Husky Stadium. Boom. Game of the year in the Pac-12 so far. Game of the year in the Pac-12 because USC's given up 82 points. They need to find a new playoff contender, period, point blank. Yeah. It's not difficult. It is It is not difficult. No, it's not. All right. Uh, Ron Loney says, Irish not ready for the big time. No, they're not. No, Were they're they not. ever, though? No, they weren't. Uh, USC and Notre Dame will be interesting. Yeah, I don't know. That Notre Dame defense ain't holding up. That USC defense ain't holding up. So I think you're right. Uh, Ryan Thomas says Pervin Meyer will be Notre Dame's next head coach. I don't, you're a Catholic university. How are you hiring that guy? God bless. What, Pat Fitzgerald's not available? He's come to Jesus. Jesus. Okay. Uh, Tarrant County Boy says macaque. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's a type of monkey. Macaque. Okay. That's fine. You know. That's good. Dale Donuts, where you been? Do you guys uh, think a stadium sets the bar for quality program more than a team? UConn has a decent history of football. They do. They do. Uh, but their stadium sucks. I think, to be direct about UConn, their football program is not a priority. Now, they're telling you it's a priority, but they're not doing the things that you have to do. I mean, listen, I think, who who's USF? South Florida has told you repeatedly, time and again, football, football, football. What did they just announce? Massive multi-million dollar on-campus 
football complex, including a stadium. Program. Because you're not going to be taken seriously until you have a stadium on campus. 100%. If Notre Dame played all their games in Chicago, they're in South Bend. You're not going to be – I mean, you're not going to get the you're fan not base. Campus, you're not going to get the – it, it, it just it does not work. And I, I don't believe that UConn football has been solid. Randy Etzel had some good years there, but, you know, I just don't – I don't know. That, that's, that's just my opinion on it. But, you know. Uh, Jimmy Otson, Monty should try popping a buckshot on hole one. Dude, I should. I should. I'm so sad. Stop saying logical things, dude. I am so sad that golf season's almost over. Like, it is, it is really – Golf simulator season's almost yeah, here. Yeah, golf simulator season's here. Mike Smith. Ooh, my, by the way, Mike Smith turned into Twitter tough guy today. Did he? Oh, yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. I love it. Monty has cocaine spot on his nose. Sure, he says it's the sun, but we all can tell. You know, cocaine's a hell of a drug. Hey, you're not wrong. I've never... I I, I would be the guy that, that I would... I would try cocaine once, I'd be addicted, then I'd probably wind up dead. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. Yeah, it's just not my thing, you know. Josh Holt, uh, terrible football viewership for you can't. You See, you can't. So see what he did there? You, you, so not it's you can. can. No, it's you can't, you can't because they suck. Yeah, we get can't. it. We get it. You know, uh, Derek Roche, that sunlight's going to be there until next spring. Yeah, we're going to yeah, take we're, care we're, of that. We're going to take care of that. It's called gaff tape, uh, which I forgot at home again. Uh, Jeremy Callahan, props to the Pokes. I did not see that coming. I don't know that anybody saw that coming. No. You know. It, and that's it's, the hard part with prize picks. Dude, I love playing prize picks. What the hell was that, though? Like, that's the kind of performance where I'm like, okay, I'm playing a five, five pot tonight. Like, Will Howard, feel really good about this. Like, nice win last time out. We're going to come out and, you know, knock around, you know, Oklahoma State. And then what do you do? Yeah. The exact yeah. opposite. Uh, Jeremy Callahan, hey Monty, how about those Cyclones? Good God, TCU! Like, I, I, how do you not tip your hat to 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 Iowa State? I mean, it is, it's no longer accidental. You can't sit here and and we can we can all play, you know, like oh well, it was just a one off. It's not a one off anymore. You look at TCU getting badgered by Iowa State. And Iowa State's a 500 football team now. And I tip my cat to, to, to the boys in Ames because, again, they had every reason to quit and roll over, and they didn't do it. And TCU, we knew – the word I've been using is backslide. I didn't think you would disappoint. And I'm really surprised that TCU is this mid because they are mid. Like, I, I don't know how else you, you describe Best. that performance. And now yeah. you got – you got you got BYU this week and good luck. I think BYU is a better football team, and yeah, that game is in in Fort Worth, and that game's at one thirty in the afternoon, and I totally get that. I would not be surprised. BYU's coming off of a bye to a downtrodden TCU team. I would be surprised if BYU didn't win or have the ball in their hands with the game on the line. Yeah, that's gonna be a close one. I, I, think. I they're rested, they're recovering. And I, I just don't know what to say about Chandler Morris. Like, I, I don't know if it's Chandler's fault, if we want to point fault, because I, I think he has played well enough, but nothing worked offensively no. against Iowa State. And it, it, it just has been this thing where 
you've lost. Like the West Virginia game, I just thought West Virginia played great football at times. I thought, I, 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 and I don't even, can't believe I'm going to say it out loud, Iowa State just worked harder than you worked. Iowa State looked more prepared than you looked. They wanted it more, no doubt. I, 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 all, all credit to Iowa State. That was, that's fantastic. Uh, Mike Smith, they always drone on the first topic for a long time, and it has only been half an hour. Bro, what are we complaining about? Yeah, I don't know, Mike, when you turn Mr. Negative, but hey, man, like it, it you've got, you, you, you no, do is he, you. Is he responding to someone else, though? I don't know. Yeah. I have no idea. But hey, you do you, man. You know, like I, I, you're welcome to be here. Welcome to, like, hey, man, do, do you. Christopher Shannon, uh, basketball doesn't require a partner to add. It does not. Nope. And it's, again, I understand why people want, want the Big 12 to expand or, uh, it it's not a it's not expansion and I I understand that you know you'll say I'm you know word playing or it's semantics it's not expansion this has been in the works for I, I, people in the Big Twelve tell me all the time that Brett Yormark was talking basketball business and making more money with basketball the day he showed up for the job interview it's one of the things that he has really been pushing since he got there. Gonzaga's the obvious target. And I'll, I'll honestly say, I think if the Pac-12 had survived and you had 10 members left of the 12, I think Gonzaga would have joined with San Diego State to the Pac-12. But it was so obvious so long ago yeah. that the Pac-12 was not going to make it. I, I think it's it's been a year now that I think most people recognize the Pac-12 was in real trouble. Real trouble. And I think that Brett Yormark saw an opportunity. He saw the door was open just a skosh, and he jumped on it. Jumped on it. Uh, Boyd Lake, how do the Cougs do against TCU this week? I think there's a real chance they win. I already started looking at that game last night. I think there's a real chance. BYU's got to commit to running the ball. Run the ball, run the ball. I, I, but TCU, I mean, this feels like a stand that TCU's got to take. You're they at have home. to. You're against BYU who, whether it's real or not, people look at BYU as that new guy that's downtrodden. This should be a win. I would caution you against that. But this has to be where they take a stand, right? Has you would to think. be. Has to be. Dakota Tubbs, got my buckshot delivered literally five minutes before that Missouri game. Helped my fandom, didn't help my Tigers. <laughs> can't believe. <laughs> I, I cannot believe they lost that game. Yeah. I, I don't know. And I feel bad for Missouri fans because now you're on to basketball season. At least that's what it feels like. That was, I don't know what was more more disappointing. That when you looked at what this game signified, and it, it that what was more disappointing that Texas A&M turned out to be who we thought they were and they couldn't beat Alabama when they had a chance? Or was it that LSU was just simply better than, than Missouri? Because I really hope Mizzou would go in there and, hey, we're 21, you're 23, we're going to kick your ass. Yeah. And that just did not happen. Nope. And LSU came out in the second half and was like, well, hope you all had fun. Hope you, partied, hope you partied at the half because we're coming for that, that ass. Yeah. And LSU got after it. 
And you know what sucks even more? Brady Cook threw for 400 yards. I'm for real. And you lost. And it wasn't that close. Yeah. It wasn't that close. To be up at the half and then never compete in the second half, my God. And I'm so... Jimbo Fisher, asshole. <laughs> right? Like, you're just like, be better. You got him. You got, oh, that's what you don't. Because you're a douche. You're, you're Jimbo. No, you know what it is? He's a mid. He's mid. That's why, it. Why punt the football? Like, that's it. Fourth and one. Don't fuck. Why is Bobby Petrino there? Why'd you punt the football, dude? Just, uh, Jimbo Fisher is arguably the worst big program. It's, is Texas A&M still a big program? No. Well, they recruit the hell out of it. Well, he, he we're is, using the word recruit very loosely with Jimbo. He's got to be one of the most disappointing big program coaches in the country. I don't break the rules. I mean, good Lord, you had a chance. You, you, you had a chance. Harry Austin, uh, just got my free buckshot using the link from Uncle Monty and Cousin Jake delivered today. Thank you. Let's go. Thank hey, you, look, Harry. Tell, tell us what you think of it. Try it. Tell us Let's what you go. think. Let's go. Yeah, because I, I some feedback, bro. I love it. I am a you guys know I'm a huge I'm a huge believer. I'm a huge believer. Uh Derek Roche, those buck shots are better than five hour energy. That's why hundred percent. Because at bucked up, not to keep evangelizing, elite ingredients make elite products that do exactly what they say they're gonna do. Thanks. You're not filling it up with sugar and I'm telling you, man, it works. Um, let's see. Who else? Let's let's mix it up a little bit. Because uh, we any, have a ton any, of comments uh, today. Any Hurricane fans in the comment section? Uh... No, maybe. <laughs> here's the obvious question. Hey, uh, hey, any Mario Cristobal fans? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Oregon Ducks, where you at? <laughs> How bad was? Did you guys Dude. see that? So Mario Cristobal. Oh. <laughs> I, I don't even know. I, it feels fake. Mario Cristobal is. Winning the game. All he's got to do is take a knee and run the clock out. I think um, there's 20, 30 seconds, 34 seconds left. All he has to do is take a knee, run the clock out, the game's over. And then run to midfield and shake hands. Did they do that? No, they no. handed it off and fumbled. And then, <laughs> even worse than you dumbass not taking a knee. Right. Then you didn't play protection defense then you decided to play zone zone and georgia tech hits a big play to go down the field and win the game they got behind you how you had four dbs 30 yards from the line of scrimmage and they still got behind you how how and then when he was asked about it to his credit i guess to his credit, Mario Cristobal owned. Good afternoon. Appreciate you guys being here. Um, obviously, tough one on Saturday. A really tough one. Defense played really, really well uh, in a game where we were a little bit out of sorts offensively, but a team battled really hard and gave us an opportunity to win. Uh, and as I stated, I made the wrong call. You know, uh, take full ownership and uh, and not taking a knee and giving them the opportunity to have a couple of extra plays and uh, preventing us from sealing the win so our guys showed up uh, both coaches and players showed up with a tremendous attitude which is not surprising to get right back to work and go get better and all focus on improvement and getting ready for our opportunity this weekend 
and looking forward to getting after it again tomorrow. The defense played great. <laughs> was it that last play that you forgot about, bud? <laughs> they couldn't fire him if they wanted to based on what they owe him. And I don't think they want to. But my God, this is, I think somebody today, Feinbaum was saying this is the third time in the last five seasons that Cristobal teams have done that made the exact wrong call at the end of games and should have won but lost. Yeah, and I think the reason it's so shocking is because you so rarely see it at the college level or the pro level. Oh. When when you're in that position where it's checkmate and we're just running down 30 seconds worth of clock, like teams, that's like automatic finish the game. And yet it wasn't for them. I, I don't even... And the, my other question I would ask too is like, hey, like, Good Lord. okay, you didn't want to take any. I'll give you a pass on that. But you turn around and hand it off, and your back is, like, fighting for yards. Like, he's not, you know, double-fisting the ball Man. and, like, just going down. He He's, like, pushing and pushing and pushing and doing everything you'd want a back to do, just not in that situation. That, just and take that's, a knee. Like, just fall down. Like, I, I, what is the conversation? Like, if, if you are Mario Cristobal and his staff, what's the conversation? Yeah, 34 seconds we could just um, take a knee and the game would be over nah run the football why would we want to just end the game how do you even rationalize that when it's the third time in five years you've made the same mistake you can't just talk no 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 no. oh my god no i'm i'm stupid but i'm not that stupid let's no, just take no, a knee. no let's just take because remember mario cristobal this is his dream job the miami hurricanes he came home our favorite son. Let's is, go somewhere. He's returning to the crib to save the program and <laughs> hand the ball off with 34 seconds to go. If you ain't first, you're last. It, it's it's remarkable. Yeah, LV Seminole. Let's talk Miami football, dude. Unbelievable. OG Gary, Jaden Daniels for Heisman. Period. Stop, dude. Stop. I know you're going there. And I get it, Stop. but relax. Just stop. Relax. Mark Stone for $5. I think Miami will stay in, oh, knee down for now. On. Yeah, I would think so. Whoever came up with that shit need to be fired. We're just, oh, first down and 10 in the first quarter. Why don't we practice that kneel down play for the end yeah. of the game? Like, <laughs> I don't even know. What do you, if you're the athletic director, what do you say to Mario Cristobal after that game? Like, <laughs> Don't you just walk up to him and you're like, WTF, bro? Like, what was that? I, I yeah. I, what was that? What, I, like, what? Okay. Mario, um, help me. I'm not a football guy. I'm kind of like Kirk Schultz. I don't know anything about sports. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought you guys were going to kneel down there. And not knowing anything about sports, and you correct me if I'm wrong, Tax got more points than we have. Doesn't that mean we lost the game, even though we were winning the game with like two seconds left? Can't even believe it. Mm. Can't even. I can't even believe it. Uh, Mike Smith, it's not just not kneeling. It was that crazy ass not being deep on defense. Well, I, the, the, But the crazy thing is they were they deep. They were deep. They and went, he still got behind them. They went. I don't. Okay. So if you guys don't know what we're talking about, they, it, it's basically called quarters. Or, yeah, you could call it prevent. You're supposed to. You have six DBs and you cut that field in the four sectors and you cover that thing with a blanket. And all you have to do, your only job is to never move forward. Your job is to be in the back pedal until the goal line. And then you only back up off the goal line if somebody is running past you. 
right? So if there's a guy and it's a 12-yard, they call it a 12-yard bump. If the guy is coming at you, when he gets to 12 yards and he's still running full speed, you need to back up full speed so that he is not open in the end zone because it takes about 12 yards to turn, react, and run. And they didn't do that. They all press forward and they're like, oh, wait, black. I said you and your sticky fingers probably find hard to grasp. It's Georgia Tech, man. Come on, dude. It's not USC. It's not Oregon. It's not. It's not Alabama who I'll all try of a to sudden stay calm and not curse. Who all of a sudden has a quarterback throwing bombs to fast receivers? <laughs> it's not Texas. You're not. It's not Lane Train. It's it's You're Georgia not Tech playing a team that you should lose to, sir. It's Georgia Tech. I I don't Boom. even out of here. What do you, I don't? How do you explain? You're it? filling in for somebody. And, and I agree with Mike. Okay, you didn't take a knee. All right, you're you're kind of a, a jag off, but okay, Mario, <laughs> you're the guy on the show today. But thankfully, you played that prevent defense quarters, and you still won the game. But dude, oh, that's right, you didn't. My bad. <laughs> I don't even know what you say to that. Wild. I don't even know what you say to that, Jeff Whitworth. My Broncos staying in the hunt for the number one. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Did number one see? ability to fumble the football and lose the game. Did you see, <laughs> you know, Broncos country let's ride get yelled at by his head coach yesterday? Sean Payton mm. going in on Russ as he walked off the field after that. That's what fucking takes me to fuck off. If you're the Broncos, I, you're done with Russell Wilson. You like, have it's, to be. It's over now. You have to be. Are you going to lose your mind on the sideline? I I would think you wouldn't. I would think you wouldn't. Uh, OG Gary, USC are the biggest frauds. Hey, man. 82 points they've given up in two games to not stellar opponents. And listen, you're winning ball games, but giving up that many points is just not good enough. Oh, man. Yeah, Rick Forrester says, my coach has told me, uh, my coach always told me, never let anyone get behind you. And it happens, but you... It never happens in that situation. No. Unless no. you play for Miami. Be better. Like, I just, I can't even, for the life of me, understand how you let that happen. I, I really don't know. It's I, bad coaching. That It's as, it's as simple as that. It, it is truly a, an undisciplined team. And, and, and this is where I bring back the old Nick Saban thing of, hey, dude, it's getting the right butts in the right seats on the bus and getting the wrong ones off the bus. And you didn't do that here because if you did, there's no way Georgia Tech gets behind you. There's no way that that Russell Wilson is just running around the field and it's like, okay, here, defensive end behind me. Here's the football. Go ahead and knock it out. Like, what? That's my issue with Russ, dude. Do you have no spatial awareness? And by the way, I know it's it's ESPN, totally get it. But sitting here talking about how Russ has always been the guy that doesn't want to change protections because he can make the first guy miss, I got news for you. That making the first guy miss crap is over with because cause that ain't happening anymore. You're not that guy, pal. Is he just not, real quick on Russell Wilson, has he just stopped working out? I has guess. he stopped trying? Like, he just does not look like the same capable quarterback he was in Seattle. He looks like a guy that's not watching tape anymore. That's my problem with Russ. Because you used to be a guy, Seattle Russ, there's a reason you got to the Super Bowl and messed it up, right? Hey, 
dude, you knew the defenses, you were playing at a really high level, and you just, that bad play call, you made a mistake, whatever. That guy is gone, and this guy just looks mm. like a guy living on a name who's not capable. Uh, and it sucks. I, it's it's rough, dude. It is it is absolutely rough. Any, uh, I thought Miami said that defense they had was a reincarnation of DBU. Yeah, whatever, dude. It used to be. It used to be. Yeah, because anybody with the last name Blades is going to... No, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Uh, I'm, I won't... Yeah. Mark Stone for $2. Mario does not kneel before Zod or Paul... Okay. I, see, what he, Sir. what he had meant to say... Don't even start. Uh, Dakota Tubbs. Oh, the Broncos dying again this Thursday. Oh. If you're a Bronco fan, the season cannot end soon. I'm a Bears fan. The season cannot yeah, end what, soon. What do you enough. immediately? Oh, the Nuggets. You're me. You're now a Nuggets fan. You're a you're an Avalanche fan. An Avalanche fan. There we go. Yep. Because nobody was ever ever a Rockies fan. Uh, Chuck B. What's up? Uh, disagree with Jake. All XDBs know to let anyone behind us don't take a high paid head coach. Doesn't not take a high. Yep. Like you. That should just be. Okay, let me ask you this then. And I don't even disagree with you, dude. You imagine Champ Bailey letting a guy run behind him like that. Any any DB that's capable of playing at Miami knows not to let guys behind you. Yet they did, to my guy's point here, yet they still took that step forward, which is why I say you'd have never done that unless, I don't know, your head coach told you to do it, unless your defensive coordinator told you to do it, unless the scheme called for it, right? I want to understand it, but I don't. That's and what I mean. So it's either it's either it's really bad coaching and bad technique, or those players are simply just not they should not be on your team, which is the Nick Saban thing. You didn't get the wrong guys off the bus. So which would you like it to man, be? And it's not even close. Like just no. I'm watching the replay. He's behind not one guy. Dudes, he's behind four he guys. He like ran through the whole secondary. He ran right through because the quarterback rolls right, and that receiver just runs right through the middle of the field. And all four guys are watching him score a touchdown. Like, what are we doing? I, I, it is the, it, it, yeah. They did not, they did not stay in scheme. They did not. So that's what I'm saying. Like, it's wild. I'm not saying it's all on Cristobal. He's got to wear it because he's the head coach. But there was an issue somewhere in the communication line there. Cause you're right, dude. Any DB in, cause again, I'm a big believer in situational awareness. Okay. Yes. You're a football player, last play of the game. You're playing quarters pre-event. You know what you're supposed to do. Jeff, what are you doing? DBs and inmates both know not to let guys behind you. Not funny. See what he, Be better. Not funny. <laughs> not funny. It's a little funny. Mm. Uh, Chuck B., DBs mailed it in. It was their internal team protest, dude. I guess. I, they're not going to fire Cristobal, but when they do, this will be the people will be like, yeah, remember that play where you – yeah. People, hey, uh – Mario, why don't you go ahead and come into my office? I want to show you something here. People do. All right, let's talk about the uh, weekend that was in college football presented by TridayTrading.com. TridayTrading.com slash Monty. My wife is in the program, and this this 30-day trial membership is unbelievable. And listening to her, you know, on her coaching calls, uh, talking to her about the, the process, because what you get in this 30-day trial they teach you all of their processes. They have certain indicators that they look for, and they walk you right down the road. They educate you. They teach you. They put you in position. Like They have this great simulating software that allows you to make trades offline so that you can, you can learn. You can make mistakes. You can 
it's a phenomenal program and you hear about it and I've talked to people who've been through the program. I've talked to the guys at Triday Trading to see Mrs. Monty going through that program. It is it's no it is no surprise anymore that they churn out elite day traders. And I I love the program, you guys. I'm telling you, it's ten dollars to see the 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 rest of your life, and it is really a good solid program. Tridaytrading.com, where People who trade full-time are making $1,000 a day or more on average. And really, when I say, hey, they trade full-time, it's an hour of work a day. You program your trades, and most people walk away, come back, all right, cool, here's where we're at. Like, it is, it is all set up for you to succeed. And the best part about Tri-Day Trading is you decide when the training wheels come off. When you graduate the program, they fund a trading account for you, and you trade in that account until you're ready. And when you make money with Triday Trading's money, because they they use their money to fund an account for you. When you're ready and you're trading and you make money with their money, they give you up to 80% of the profit. And then when you're ready to take the whole thing home with you, when you're ready to spend your money and make 100% of the profit, Take the training wheels off, man, and they give you everything you need from continuing education and coaching. It is just a really solid platform. So stop thinking about what you could have. Stop thinking about what you wish you had. The cars, the houses, the vacations, the Rolo, whatever it is you want, you can have it. You just have to go and earn it. And it starts with a 30-day, $10 trial membership at Triday Trading.com. Let's get into the weekend of college football because it is remarkable what Oklahoma did. It is nothing short of, I think this was a much, much bigger Oklahoma win than the scoreboard shows. You felt like Oklahoma was in control of this game. And I heard so many people on DM this weekend and on Twitter this weekend saying, well, Texas just didn't play well. Well, they didn't play well because that Oklahoma defense kicked their ass up and down the field. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the legit part of it that not a lot of people want to talk about. Oklahoma earned this win. Nothing was given in this game, folks. Oklahoma was the better team. And you can look at these defenses, and I think they are two very good defenses. Oklahoma's defense, in my opinion, was a better defense on Saturday. Now, are they a better defense across the board? I don't know. We're going to have to let that play out. Saturday at the Cotton Bowl, Oklahoma was the better team, and they were the better team because of their defense. And when you look at how stacked Texas is, it's saying something that your defense is better. And the guy I want to shout out is Brent Venables because he earned it. What Brent Venables has done to turn that program around, when a lot of us were questioning Brent when the season started, none of us are questioning Venables now. He has done a phenomenal job of bringing in a large group of talent curating it, building chemistry, and taking it to the field and kicking Texas's ass. Jake, I just think Oklahoma was the better team. Yeah, you know, I I think that, you know, Dylan Gabriel was just a, a massive X factor. You know, you look at the box score, um, and, and to have 113 yards with your legs is, is you know, obviously game-changing. And I think that, you know, you look at that last drive after Texas goes down and gets the field goal, and you're feeling like, all right, this game really should be over. It's a pretty long field with not a lot of time left, no timeouts. And what I was really surprised by is Sark and that defense just letting Oklahoma run outs, getting out of bounds, like doing all the things you wouldn't want them to do. And, and I'm not certainly saying that's why Oklahoma won the game, but I just was watching that game a little bit surprised, like, 
that Texas defense wasn't like quite as sharp as I'm used to them being. They weren't they they just weren't quite executing at that level that I've seen them execute to and 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 I think that played a large large role in it and I think Oklahoma deserves a lot of credit for sticking it to them. I I, I and and I hate saying that cuz Texas I'm not a Texas fan but I felt like Texas was a really good story this year and that's all over with now. I don't care where you're at in the top 25, you're not getting in the college football playoff anymore. And and that's really unfortunate. On the other side though, Oklahoma obviously has now brought the college football playoff into the conversation for themselves. And Completely. I think, I, I, I think that can't be, you know, I, I can't emphasize that any more. Like this game was that game on your schedule where you're like, okay, we we have no business winning this game per se, but if we can win this game, we're right in that conversation. Now, obviously, goes out saying you can't lose again this year. If you want to get in the college football playoff, you need to run the table, go right through it, meet Texas in the in the in the championship game, probably for the Big Twelve, and then we'll see what happens. That's the outlook if you're Oklahoma. But I I agree, Brent Venables deserves a lot of credit. Uh, you can't take anything away from him. And and like I said earlier last hour, I think this was one of the best, just pure football games we've seen all year. And I think the thing that worries you if you're Texas is your DBs made a lot of tackles. Jade Barron led the team with 11 tackles. And it, it that means that ball's in the secondary. That means that you you know Dylan Gabriel operated in this game. And obviously, if you're Quinn Ewers, you you lost a lot in this game. You mm-hmm. lost any shot you had at the Heisman. Um, I mean, I if you project forward, I don't think there's any way these two teams don't meet again um, with a championship on the line. But if you're Quinn Ewers, boy, you feel like you lost a lot. I and, think and you didn't play horribly or anything. You just didn't get yeah, the job done. But the, the things that really stand out to you about Texas in this game where you, field goals don't win football games. 100%. And we, we talk about that a lot at the college level. Field goals don't win football games. Throwing interceptions, whether they were your fault or not, it, it, at the college level, you can't throw interceptions. You can't turn the ball over. Defenses like Oklahoma make that very hard to do. I, I understand. But, man, you have really got to find a way – to protect the football, yet be effective on offense. Oklahoma did that. Texas did not. You've got to find a way to get to the quarterback so the quarterback can't play behind the linebackers. Gabriel did that. Ewers did not. And I I understand that these two teams are very close. I, I don't think this was a collapse by Steve Sarkeesian, as some called it. I don't agree with that. I think Brent Venables and his staff were just better on yeah, Saturday. Yeah, it's not like you lost 34-10. I mean, yeah. this is a super tight game. I, I, I think I think we're going to find out who Sark, his staff, and his players are now. Because when you lose this magnitude of a game, man, it hurts. It, it hurts your soul. It, you're emotional. You're pissed off. You're frustrated. Yeah. You're sad. Okay, well, let's figure out who Texas is then because – I think we all know who Oklahoma is. Oklahoma's a hot knife through butter. That defense is exactly what you want. Having said that, I would not want to be the Houston Cougars this weekend. <laughs> no, sir. And I understand that that game, I think, is it that game is in Houston. Good luck. Because I, if I'm Texas, I am coming for for soul snatching and no other purpose. Yeah, and, and you look at their schedule, like, again, 
All due respect to BYU, K State, TCU. Oh, it was it's all downhill like, now. Well, no, but I'm just saying if you're Texas, you're coming out here, you're not just trying to win games anymore. Now, now we need to come out and say, okay, because if you're Texas, you're obviously not saying the season's over. You're obviously not saying things like we're out of the college football playoff picture altogether. You still believe, okay, we gotta prove a point. Goes without saying we gotta win the Big Twelve championship. Goes without saying we gotta win our bowl game. Of course. All that's just of course. But if I'm Sark, I'm saying, okay, we're we're not just looking to win games now. We need to be we need to be cold blooded with the details. We need to be sharp because again, that defense was not sharp against Oklahoma. Quinn Ewers was not well, sharp. And I think you look at Oklahoma. I don't see another loss on their schedule. Bedlam's Bedlam. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Mike Gundy surprised a lot of people this weekend. Oklahoma is is a beast that. I don't think the Pokes have seen. No. Um, BYU, it's at altitude. It's in Provo. Stranger things have happened, but I doubt it. Right. And then you end the season with TCU in Norman. I I just don't see another loss in the regular season, frankly, for Oklahoma. I just – I am so impressed with the way Brent Venables has built chemistry. The communication from secondary to linebacker to D-line all the way down to the adjustments to the shifts – uh, to the responding to motion the way that Oklahoma did against Texas in the because there's you can't complain about the way Sark coordinates an offense there's depth there is disguise Oklahoma had it they had it down they communicated it from the back to the the front of the defense it it's just such an impressive performance by Oklahoma. So bloody clean, methodical, methodical. I mean, it is It is just so I, – I, I mean, you can't be anything but thrilled for Brent Venables. Yeah, and I don't think you can say enough. Like, you know, Dylan Gabriel, in my opinion, should be, should be making some crow sandwiches for people because I don't think that anyone, including myself, I, I didn't think that he outperformed Quinn Ewers. I didn't think that, that, that you, you would have over 100 on the ground. Right, I didn't. I didn't think that. I I thought that you they would contain you. I thought that you would spend most of your day in the pocket within reason. I mean, of course, you're always going to be scrambling a little bit, but I, I didn't think you were going to be shredding this defense. And anytime a quarterback's got more than 100 yards on the ground, he's shredding you, dude. And and that's what I think is so difficult. And that's what I think opened up opportunities because again, it's not a difficult concept to understand. If your quarterback can run. Andy's completing that that pass that's 12 yards down the field behind your linebacker in front of your safety. It's over. You're not. You're gonna have a really difficult time stopping that. Yeah. So, so all that to say, yeah, Quinn Ewers didn't get the job done on that final possession where you thought it would be okay to kick a field goal. He just didn't, and, and that's really unfortunate. Yep, I agree. Uh, let's see who we got in the comment section today. Good day to be Kevin the Destroyer with that helmet, isn't it? Oklahoma choked under Lincoln Riley. Different mindset now, completely. Totally. And, I mean, defense. I'm a big believer when you have a, a quarterback that's dynamic as, as Gabriel is, your defense has to be present. Fact. And I think the, the Oklahoma defense, Brett Venables is just such a good dude. I, you, you just have to be really happy for him. Yep. And that defense is his defense now. And... I think when you have a quarterback like Gabriel, they're going to be really tough to beat. And that's why I say I just don't see another place where they lose in the regular season. I mean, teams like Oklahoma State, West Virginia, you're just not on that level of talent. It's not – it's almost not a fair fight. Yeah. Stranger things have happened. Um, So we'll see. I I just – 
I don't see it, but could be wrong, right? Uh, Justin Sharp, BYU will beat them both. I seriously doubt that. I do. Tarrant County boy, country roads, take me home. Anyway, <coughs> I don't. <coughs> do people really think that West Virginia can beat Oklahoma? That would be a hell of a trick by Neil. That would, I mean, give the guy no. a lifetime contract. No. Because, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't. No, no, no. Uh, Jeff Woodworth, oh, you ripped the souls out of this Texas team. Completely. Complete domination. Absolute, positive, complete domination. Kind of like what the Phillies are doing to Max Freed right now. Dude. Uh, one nothing, bases loaded, two outs, uh, top of the first, and Max Freed is on the rocks. 29 pitches. Now, he's not giving up a ton of hard hit balls, but it doesn't even matter. He's got he's got Stott at the plate. He's got to, he's got to make a couple of pitches here to get out of this. Yeah, because there's no harm if you're if you get out of this right here, and he will. Um, th- no Huge. harm done here for Atlanta. Huge one nothing. You got out of it with the bases loaded. Uh, we'll keep you updated on that game. Mike Smith, West Virginia beat BYU over the weekend. Wait, West Virginia by not BYU. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're a West Virginia fan, I. I I mean, you've got to be thrilled with where you're at. Well, listen, the question is, because everyone before the season, all the West Virginia fans are like, all right, Neil Brown needs fired. That's where you were all at. And so now the question is, are we still, obviously you've come off of the Neil Brown needs fire thing, but have we come back around to Neil Brown's our guy or what? where are we at? Because I, I can't imagine you're completely off the fire Neil Brown needs fired thing no there's no way and so i don't yeah you're you're having a good season that doesn't mean that neil brown all of a sudden saved his job and you know and i I, i'm not trying to say that listen oklahoma's just really good i don't see no doubt i don't see oklahoma state west virginia byu those programs are just not deep and talented enough to compete with this defense brother. I know we have a ton of West Virginia listeners, and I, it'd be great for the conference if West Virginia beat Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. I think I think it'd be it'd be great for Oklahoma State and Mike Gundy if because the mullet says this is it for Bedlam, and he they can kiss off and get out of here, oh, and, right? Like I mean, Gundy's pretty much on the record saying screw Oklahoma. It'd be great for for Pokes fans. It'd be great for I think it'd be great for the Big Twelve with Oklahoma and Texas on the way out the door. If 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 Oklahoma State finally won a a, a bedlam, yeah, that'd be a coup though. It's just not going to happen. No, you're how are I don't see how Oklahoma State scores on this Oklahoma defense. I, they're just so good. Yeah, well, I they're mean, so again, good. You know, and and maybe that's maybe we need to start saying you know anyone can lose to anyone, but I don't really believe that unless we're talking the NFL. Yeah. I think in college football, nine days out of ten, Will Howard's not throwing three interceptions, four interceptions against Oklahoma State. Yeah. I think that's Howard. a very one-off performance. I, I I think that, you know, consistency in college football is just that. Like, like you think about, you know, again, Lincoln, I guess, is a decent example of this. Lincoln Riley's always in the conversation. He's consistent in that way, right? And, and a lot of people want him to just have the magic pill for the defensive side of the ball. I guarantee you Lincoln Riley would love to have a dominant defense yeah. and just hasn't been able to figure that out yet. 
Yep. Uh, Mark Stone, uh, Nye Guy, you are funny. Oh, the Nye Guy. Dude, Nye Guy's here? Yeah, where's the Nye Guy? We, get, we have so many comments today, guys. Uh, the Nye Guy, Jake looks like rising with a haircut and a, a Bic razor. You get a lot of comments about your facial hair. Now, <laughs> if I could grow facial hair, maybe I would. But you get a lot of comments. Severe. What's up, Jeremy? Texas has the most talent, however, every week. Uh, of college football prove anyone can win but man i am so glad i have byu oklahoma tickets bro you're not even kidding yeah that's that gonna, game gonna is be gonna be heat. that game is gonna be wild wild uh randall appleton you guys love saying difficult okay i mean it's a word in the english language so pokes will not beat ou lance says but might make their short shorts crawl up their butt cheeks for a little bit <laughs> <laughs> you know uh, Tarrant County boy, it's the Norman show, fellas. It could That's be. That's right. That's right. Uh, Expedition Greg, Monty, what's your take on Oregon and Washington this week? Two of the best quarterbacks in the country, and I'm excited for we it. We will spend lots of time on that game later this week. You know, I think this is as well as I've seen Bo Nix play as a college quarterback. And it is really I, – I think if you look at the Pacific Northwest and, and the, the those schools in particular, you're getting – from all four of those schools, you're getting incredible quarterback play. I mean, from Nixon, Penix, obviously what DJ's done at Oregon State has been really disappointing to Clemson because um, he's been he's been very good. And Cam Ward is Cam Ward doesn't get enough credit, and I think that goes to the disrespect that Washington State routinely sees. Another one, right? Uh, and and a lot of Washington State fans last week were like, "Oh, you hate you hate Washington State." Yeah, well, I took your boy to have 290 yards, and what happened? He didn't perform. They didn't perform, and it's wild to me. It is. It is, and I think, but the Pac-12 is so is the Pac-12 is so difficult. Um, sorry it is, if you're offended by that. Yeah, sorry if you're offended by that. Uh, it's a it's a tough league, yeah. and whoever wins the Pac-12, it's not going to be USC. I, at some point, Caleb Williams can't be the number one in the Heisman watch anymore. I mean, I understand he's balling out. I think it's whoever wins Oregon-Washington because I don't think, again, remember... I, I, that's a tough argument to beat, yeah. Remember what the criticism of Shador was early in the year. Oh, well, they're not going to win anything. How could, you know, how can Shador be in the conversation? He puts up numbers, but his team doesn't win. Okay, fine. I'm, I'm cool with that. If you want to win the Heisman, you got to be there at the end. Totally get it. I don't think that USC is a playoff team anymore. Are they bowl game? Of course, but they're not a playoff team anymore. I don't anymore. think so. And, and, I don't think so. And I look at Oregon and Washington. USC is giving yeah, up 82 like points. How? And you're not games. even doing that against great teams. And I'm a Colorado guy. Colorado's look, not a great team. But look at the QBs in the Pac-12. And you look at Caleb Williams, 219, a touchdown, 14-25. But Noah Fafita was nothing short of spectacular. Five touchdowns and a pick, 303. They ran for 203. Like, this USC, I don't know. I hate to take it away from Jed Fish because that's a great performance. You lost a game. But this USC defense is terrible. And I think, I, I hate saying that because I think Fafita has the game of his life. And I, I don't want to slight the kid. But USC's given up 82 points in two weeks. Um... That's unbelievable. But the quarterbacks in this league, I mean, Shador Sanders, uh, Dante, did Dante Moore not, not entertain? I mean, that was a great finish by UCLA. But 
to your point, Cam Ward did not perform this weekend. You know, like I, I, I just think you're, you're, you're DJ Uyunglele and you're putting up 52 points. USC's not going to the playoffs. I don't see how no way. anybody gets through this league untouched. And certainly this weekend, that's going to that's gonna be backed up because you have Oregon and, and Washington. But you always knew. Like, what the Pac-12 can't have is for whoever loses Oregon-Washington, right, whoever loses that game, and I don't have a real great grip on that yet. I could kind of see it going both ways. But whoever loses that game can't then go on to win the conference. Correct. The winner of this game needs to go in the conference, go in your bowl, and get your ass in the college football playoff. Because I'm tired mm. of talking about a conference that's this good, and I don't think we can dispute that anymore. Early season SEC guy was like, oh, no, the Pac-12 sucks. You're terrible. Well, can't really dispute that anymore, dude. Listen, like, if, if Oregon goes to Seattle and wins, you've got to turn the trick against Washington State. Yes. I, I mean, that, that becomes probably your most difficult game and then you have to go to Utah. And whatever with Cam Rising, whatever, whatever. That defense at Utah is legit. Cal, USC, Arizona State, and, and then, of course, Oregon State. And granted, that game's at Austin this year, so there will be no meltdown at, at Reeser again. But I think if Oregon wins this game, there's no reason to believe they can't win the conference. Totally agree. There's no reason to believe they, they cannot go undefeated. When, did, when does Oregon play SC? Uh, that is November 11th. So, and that's at Austin. I, again, yeah. they're, they're outside of Utah and outside of Washington. That's why I say those are the two biggest games on their schedule. Cause you're not going to Austin and beating Oregon, not with the way Bo Nix is playing and hopefully Bo stays healthy. Cause I think that was a big part of that Oregon situation last year's Bo yeah. took that shot in the thigh and was never the same. And, but this conference is so damn good. I, I, I just, Man, it's it's again. It's why I always say it sucks. The conference melted down. It should have never happened. Quick sidebar: Zach Wheeler just came out and shredded the Braves. One, well, two, let's three, go. Uh, let's let's get to it. We'll get back to college football in just a minute. Let's get to our prize picks here, you guys. If you are not pre- playing prize picks with us, you are missing it. Prize picks. Get the click. Click the link in the description below. Download the app. Use the promo code Monty, and you get a hundred percent deposit matching. And it, it has been a labor of love the last month for me on prize picks, but I feel really good about what I have. I have got Zach Wheeler more than five and a half strikeouts. I believe he has three right now after one inning. I uh, think. Max Freed, I have four and a half or more, so he needs five strikeouts. He's got one. Josh Jacobs needs to run for 75 yards on one of the worst defensive lines in the NFL in Green Bay. Yeah. And uh, Pimp's going to pimp. Now, having said that, it never happens for me. Not the last month. Dude, I went through the summer on baseball and just, like, honest to God, I was the monkey with all the money up to his face and stuff. And Macaque. Yeah. Nah, 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 man. September showed up, and I can't make a prize pick. This feels really good. I've been a rich man, and I have been a poor man, and I choose rich every fucking time. I do, too, sir. I do, too. And... Those are my prize picks, and I, I look at this Philly game, and now it makes me nervous because you're going to hit on Zach Wheeler all day. Max Freed has a K. Zach Wheeler's got three. Yeah. So if you look at that number right there, I need three more from Zach Wheeler, and I need four more from Max Freed. Yeah. Can Max Freed settle down and hang around long enough? Yeah, I think so. And then there's Jake, who has been cleaning up on prize picks. Yeah. Yeah. He's got Max Freed with four and a half strikeouts. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. 
Yeah. And you need Ronald Acuna. Now, and this is the one I warned you. We had a huge, you guys, we had a huge debate in the pre-show meeting. I'll drop that motherfucker. About these next two. I told you to stay away from this Acuna Jordan Love. And no, man, it's too good. It's too good. I Look, think it's it. pretty solid. Six foot blonde. I mean, just stacked. All I need Acuna to do to hit on that is him hit a home run. She That's loves. It. She loves neck beards. Let's go. I don't have a neck beard. I don't know what you're talking about. I. You need total bases and pass touchdowns. Yeah. And then there's Jimmy Garoppolo. You need him to throw an interception. And here's a question I have. It's Green Bay, and they will intercept you, but will he stay healthy long enough? Yes. Okay. I believe he will. Do you feel better about mine or yours? Yours, for sure. With that said, I power played mine. You power played? <laughs> okay, so I'm prize picks. It's always more or less, so each one you have to pick more or less. Yeah. And then prize pick says, okay, listen. Guys, listen, guys, bro. guys, guys, guys. If you power pick it, you have to be hey perfect. If you're a coward such as in like myself, he's just a hack. You flex play so you can get like two of three and you still get paid. Right. And if you go three of three, you don't make the same money. It's far less. Mm -hmm. You got cojones going cojones. power play. You've got cojones. Ah, yeah, well. So yeah. I'm with you. It, it, so you guys, click the link, get the uh, download do the app. Who do you guys think is in better shape? I, I think it's me. Uh, Lance Johnson for $9.99. Has anyone in the pack beat anyone that doesn't suck out of conference? You guys need to roll back on the pack. I watched the USC Arizona game, not buying it. I'm not buying USC. But again, what I've said about the Pac 12, find me a better quarterback league because there's not one. And I think you have three teams. And now I, I think it's probably getting packed away to two. Because I'm not buying, I've, I've kind of come to your side on Lincoln's defense this year. I'm not buying USC as a college football playoff team. Which is unfortunate. I'm, I'm all in on Washington and Oregon. Yeah. I have be. to believe, I think the world of, of I just think the way that Bo Nix is go. playing. Max, Max Freed with a strikeout. Let's go. Um, I think the world of the way that Bo Nix is playing and conducting himself. Yeah. I know I just said it, but I'm going to say it again. It's the best football I've seen him play as a, as a college football player. Yeah. And I, I, I think he's legit. Uh, Mark Stone, hey, what about uh, them Patriots? Hoo-ha. Oh, my word. Coming up at, at 5 o'clock, we we're going to do a real heavy NFL start here in about 15 minutes. Dude. <clears throat> Mac Jones or Bill Belichick, you can only pick one if you're Bob Kraft. Dak or Mike McCarthy? Well, we're talking about the Patriots. <laughs> Try to stick with me, Junior. Mac or Bill Belichick? We'll talk about that coming up in about uh, 25 minutes uh, here on the showroom. So uh, happy to hear you on prize picks. Uh, Lance Johnson, again, a team that doesn't suck. See Florida and whiskey. Okay. I'm just saying. OG Gary, USC losing three and three easily. What do you mean? Yeah, what, what do you mean by that, dude? I, Will I don't you, you, so you're saying USC is going to lose three games. The biggest question is, do you believe that USC can just outrun anybody? Because you've got, you've got Notre Dame. USC is better than Notre Dame. Yeah. The thing that worries you is, A, what's SMA's situation? And B, can Notre Dame's defense run with USC's offense? But if you look at Notre Dame, I think they're going to lose to USC. 
I think USC wins Notre Dame. I think they beat Utah. They're going to beat Cal. They end with their three toughest games of the year now. Washington, at Oregon, UCLA. Yeah. I think you're probably a two-loss team there. Because I think, how are you going to go to Oregon and beat Oregon? I don't know. Washington at the Coliseum in Los Angeles, you should win that game. But that game is... mm. I don't know how many lo- in the comment section. How many losses do you guys see for for SC? It's at least two. You think it's at least two? At okay. least two. The Nye guy. Something smells like bee hole stuffed with wet dog in New England, bro. You're not even kidding. You're not even kidding. Um, let's see. <laughs> Beeb's on a rampage. OG Gary is on drugs. <laughs> well, I mean, listen. Everybody does what they do. I mean, okay, I, is a I'm, hell of a drug. I'm not here to judge. You know, so. Uh, Jeremy Callan, I think Lance Johnson has a point, though. Utah and Oregon barely scraped by against two pretty mid-Big 12 teams. I don't disagree with you. I, I think now, though, isn't that irrelevant? I think it's irrelevant. And I think when you look at – there is something in are you battle-tested, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I, I there's – Utah I mean, scraped SC by didn't, with their backup quarterback, man. I mean, a, SC didn't play anybody. Yeah. I mean, they, they, what is San Jose State and Nevada? Yeah. But I look at Oregon. Oregon's non-con's got a little game there that uh, at Texas Tech. That was a good win. Yeah. 38-30 on the road in Lubbock. I, I, that's a good win. I don't know how you yeah. – you can spin that any way you want. Going to Lubbock and winning is this year is a good win. By anybody's measurement, that's a good win. You know, and I think you dominated Hawaii, you dominated Colorado, you dominated Stanford. Like, outside of Texas Tech, you've dominated everybody. Yeah, I have no, I have no, no issue. I'm telling you, Oregon's Oregon's the the best of the bunch. Washington, I don't know how you find fault with Washington. I mean, Boise State, they they destroyed Boise State, Tulsa, Michigan State. Like, I mean, they haven't Arizona. Boys, I'm telling you, Arizona is better than you're giving them credit for. My guy, Jed Fish, he's another one that I'll evangelize for, and I think Back 10. they're obviously a 500 football team, below 500 in conference. That's a good football team. Are they going to beat the best of the best? No, they're not. But they'll fight you tooth and nail. They're not going to lay down for anybody. Yeah. For anybody. Yeah, he's got them playing hard, no doubt. And, and I love it. That's what you expected Jedfish to be. And I, I, if you're an Arizona fan, you got to feel good because you haven't been relevant like this in a decade. Like, Rich Rod was a complete disaster there. I, like, you have not had this level of competency in your football program in a decade. And I'm, I'm thrilled for him because it is, it is tough. Having lived in Arizona, I did, a, I did a nickel upstate in Arizona. And trust me when I tell you, that is not an easy way to live your life. Yeah. It is, it is, it just isn't. And again, if you, if you're somebody that doesn't believe in the PAC 12, you go pick the easy game between Oregon, Oregon state, Washington, and Washington. Um, go up there. And if you got to play those four teams, how many wins you getting? Not many. Uh, yeah. I, I those mean, are, those are two. four, those are four really good quarterbacks. Yeah. Really good quarterbacks. Yeah. So. I'm with you. I, I you tell him because <laughs> I I'm in agreement completely. Yeah. Uh, Bryce Martin Tech looked good against Baylor. Have to continue that this week. 
what do you say to Dave Aranda? First of all, damn it, Joey, why haven't you been running the ball all year? Number two, what do you do with Dave Aranda and Baylor? Dave's a really good dude. This is not it. This is Baylor, Baylor fans, Baylor football. This is not it. You deserve better than this. You have to make a change. Yes. As painful as that is, you have to. And I mean wholesale. And I know, I, again, Grimey's a really good dude. The offensive coordinator, Jeff Grimes at Baylor, is a really good dude. Yeah. Knew him when he was here. Like, really good dude. That offensive line is part of the reason they're struggling. And Blake Shapin is what it is. Mm-hmm. They need new leadership. They need a change of season. I, ju- I just, yeah, no Lance, you know what you say to Dave Aranda? Hey, man, Dave, goodbye and good luck. Yeah. Yes. He's going to be an elite defensive coordinator somewhere. Yep. You know, but it, it's tough. It is tough. Mike Smith, Rich Rod has been a disaster pretty much everywhere after West Virginia. And look at how he left West Virginia. Like, you're just an a-hole. Dude. Yeah. Like, I'm not a Rich Rod guy at all. I'm not. This Jackson State thing, that's cool and everything. And this does not this does not sweep it all under the rug. It does not. Uh, Bryce Martin, Arizona will be a problem next year for the Big 12. They're going to win games. They're going to because he's recruiting too. He is recruiting. Yeah, and that might be the biggest difference between a guy like Jed Fish and Dave Aranda. Dave doesn't seem like a guy who likes to recruit or is willing to put the effort in and like do the things you need to do in modern day college football to be good. Meanwhile, Jed's over here doing podcasts and recruiting and doing everything you need him to do, and they're improving. I, I don't think that's the one thing we can all agree on. Yes. Whether you want to say they're good or whatever, okay, they're better. And there is no way to dispute that. None whatsoever. None whatsoever. Uh, Roll on, you Bears. I hope Cal beats SC. Will be a trap game sandwiched in between Utah and Washington. (laughs) Come on now. (laughs) Cal's another one that plays hard. They're just woefully untalented. They they just are not talented at all. Boston Mapes. 26 million people watched Dak get piped by San Francisco. Bang, bang, Niner gang. (laughs) (laughs) Mrs. Monty is an unapologetic 49er fan. And I have to say, it's fun watching the Niners play. Well, I tried to turn the game off for House Hunters International last night, and there was almost a a domestic incident. Excuse me, House Hunters International? Dude, that show is vastly underrated. She almost broke my hand when I went for the remote. <laughs> and we, you know, we convalesced over some homemade peach cobbler that she put together for me. The cack. Damn, that was good. Cobbler. She, it's one of my she favorites. She made peach cobbler with like a sugar cookie topping on it. Dude, stop. Stop. It's so good. Jeremy Callahan, one thing that differentiates the Big 12 and the Pac-12 teams for upper half of the SEC, typically, is that those SEC rosters are deeper and aren't as susceptible to injury wrecking their seasons. Hundred percent. But it's the it's everything, and I know you're going to probably slap me in the bag for saying it, and you're going to get upset. I totally understand it, Monty. I don't want to hear about what Coach Prime's doing. <laughs> what did Dion do? Lopped off the bottom half of his roster. Ah! What does Ryan Day do? What does Jim Harbaugh do? As much as I dislike him, it's a wee fence. What does Lincoln Riley do? What is Deion Sanders going to do? What is every one of your best teams, your favorite team? What should you hope they do? The best teams, Alabama lops off the bottom quarter of their roster every year. Every year. 
every single year. Lincoln Riley will lop off the bottom half of his defensive depth chart after this season. It's what the best programs do. You got to be a savage, man. And I understand it. It's not great for the kid, but let's stop pretending like we care about the kids that play football because nobody in football cares about the kid. They are there to win and make themselves money. And until that's obviously not the case, I'm going to live and die with that. They don't give a damn whether your kid keeps his scholarship or not. Did he miss that tackle that cost me a shot at a bowl game? Okay. Hey, son, you know, this is Freddie. He's five foot tall and he's got red hair. And he's going to be our new defensive end. So it uh, is what it is. Yeah, pack your shit. We're gonna we're gonna move your locker. I mean, it's to, just the truth. To the lacrosse locker room at the high school down the street. Yeah. Don't come back. Yeah. Leave your key fob on the way out. That's w- that's what they do. They don't care. They don't. And oh, Monty, they're not allowed to do that. I know. Do they do it? Yeah, they do. Oh. Oh, they have to let the kid graduate. Do they? They're gonna cut him. Oh, can you believe Dion did that? Yeah, I do. And he did the exact right thing. We're in a control position. You don't have to like it, but that's how college football works. It, it, is, it is the bottom line. Yeah. The Nye guy, Trey Lance was no help to the Cowboys. Trey Lance is no help to anybody. <laughs> I mean, except the guys who stir the Gatorade. Uh, he never read the Niners playbook when he was there. No, he's not. No, he's not. You know, uh, any. We don't have to go that far. Lanning got rid of most of Mario's roster and look at that defense now. Seriously, though. Seriously. And there's nothing wrong with that. We have to we have to stop with this. We have to do right by the kid. No, you don't, because nobody else does. Nobody else does, right? Yeah. So what are you so concerned about? Cut off the if you're Lincoln Riley and you don't fire your defensive staff and you don't cut off the the bottom half of your defensive depth chart. Why are you even coaching the team? Facts. Your offense is one of the best in the country, but you can't stop my mom's knitting circle. It's true. Fire Grinch and cut half your defensive roster. That's how you win a college football conference. Yep. And Dan Lanning is a stud. Period. No way around it. Stud. And I don't like the antics, but there ain't no getting away from it. Buddy wins. Jeremy Callahan, I think some of them still care about that. Yeah? Yeah, well. Not the good ones. Mike Business. Smith, the advocates uh, care about those kids losing scholarships in college. Sue them. <laughs> kids have tried, and why do you think they never win? Because they don't tell you, hey, we're going to, you know, and you can go check it out. Talk to college football players. Every coach, every year when the season's over, they don't talk to their players. They'll do checkout interviews. And the ones who are just egregiously bad, they're going to say, hey, son, you know, you're just not good to play football. Keep it real. They're going to coach you, and they're going to say that line to you. You know, we have a scholarship for you in the science department. And you're like, well, why does that matter? Well, because it's not a football scholarship, because you only get so many of those things. Yep. They're going to convert you to an academic scholarship. Or they're just going to, they're going to be, yeah. Hey, and... There are coaches right now, there are coaches right now who are like, yeah, we're not playing you because kids are going into coaches' offices right now and bitching about playing time. And what do you think the coaches are saying to them? Well, you know, we don't want to take your eligibility for this year because when you get in the portal in November, we really want you to have the best outcome. What is, that's Latin for get the out. Yeah. You're done here. Yeah. 
So then they're going to get in the portal and they're going to go somewhere else. And you know what's going to happen? That scholarship's going to open there because they took one somewhere else. Mm-hmm. That's how this game is played. You don't have to like it, but if you want your team to win, you better hope that's what's happening. 100%. Bottom line. Everybody's like, man, I don't know why that I don't know why Jimmy Smart hasn't seen the field this year because they don't want him there. Yeah. There, there are obvious, like Cam Rising, great example. Complete knee reconstruction, can't put him on the field. They want him on the field, but they can't. Jimmy Johnson's, you know, like the second string defensive end. Oh. He probably doesn't do well in meetings. He probably doesn't retain, and he's not good in the game, so you haven't seen him. <coughs> Look at Kyle Whittingham at Utah. If you don't practice well, he's probably not going to play you. Practice hard. Play hard. Practice well. Play well. Get in your playbook. Study. It's not that simple, man. Yeah. It, it, everybody thinks it's, well, he's got a scholarship. Because, I mean, would you Doesn't agree, matter. like, an athletic scholarship, it, it, like, it's not just like, oh, yeah, wow, you're here on athletic scholarship and you are a stud as a freshman, but you fall off as a sophomore. That doesn't mean they have to keep you on nope. scholarship. No, it and, does and not. That's, that's what I think that people get confused about is like, oh, like you gave the kid a scholarship. You guaranteed him for it. No, we didn't. Uh, no, we did, didn't, did we dude. Did no. We? Did we? No, we didn't. Uh, the Todd father. What's up, Todd? Good to see you, dude. Uh, there is still places that care about development. Well, certainly not Texas A&M because they don't develop anybody. Uh, I think you are talking about D2. You're talking about, you know, not football reasons for going to the Cal Poly. You're not, you're not going there to play football and become a better linebacker. Yeah. You're not. And, I, I you know, like I was uh, DMing with a golf guy who played at uh, – Nichols, or I think he played at Nichols. And even he was saying, like, I I broke, he broke a bone in his elbow. Yeah. And it was over. And he said, I wasn't there to go to the NFL anyways. I had NFL scouts looking at me. But I wasn't there to go to the NFL anyway. So it really wasn't that heartbreaking. I transitioned into my NBA. His full focus went from broken elbow, senior season over. Okay, time to get my MBA. Yeah. And I'm I just and now what's he gonna do? He is going to design and administer golf courses. That is where development matters. Yeah, and I think that's that's just making a business decision, right? I mean, it's not fun, it's not sexy, it's not like it's not the cool thing, but hey, I broke my arm. I can't play football and I don't have any more eligibility left on the football field. Let's go. Let's just get on to the next thing. Cause every day I spend not getting on to the next thing is I can't get that day back. I think you look at Kingsley Suamataia. Mm-hmm. That's a kid who transferred to BYU cause he saw a clear path to the NFL. Right. That's what football is. And I think they do a great job. They do a great job of developing players at BYU. Now with this new defensive staff, I think they do a great job. I look at programs like Bama, Texas, Oklahoma. Yeah. Look at look at the changes Brent Venables made at Oklahoma. Phenomenal job. You brought in a group of guys, got them to buy into your system, developed them into productive players inside of your system because – just because you thrive in one system doesn't mean you'll thrive in another. So the trick really is, hey, let me get a guy that I can see working in my system, get him in here, get him into the room, 
get him building friendships and relationships, and then get him to be productive with his skill set in my system. And he's done that across the board at OU. 100%. That's why that win's so impressive to me. And again, I'll, I'll just go back to my original point. Nobody thought Oklahoma was going to win that game. I think there's a lot of people who didn't want Oklahoma to win that game. Yeah. And I think their defense said, we don't care what you guys want because we're going to be better than Texas today. And I, I just am so, I have so much respect for that because it had been so easy to go down to the Cotton Bowl and be like, oh, we lost. It would have been so easy. And everybody would be like, yeah, but Texas is really talented and they really are back. And Now, can you beat Texas in the same season twice? I don't know. My hunch is we're going to find out. <laughs> but I would, I'd also venture a guess that the sales job that Brent Venables did, which is also part of development, yep. to get those kids ready to go down there mentally. Yeah, you got to get them to believe and buy love in. Love it. By Absolutely the way, uh, uh, I believe you've hit on Zach Wheeler. Oh, have I really? He's got six Ks. Let's go, Zach Wheeler. Okay, so I've got one. Yeah, I believe you've hit on Zach Wheeler. Let's see. Hello. So we're talking about prize picks, prizepicks.com. Uh, in the link in the description below, make sure you click the link. It gets you 100% deposit matching. Man, I accidentally hit my past entries. Oh, don't do that. Don't look at your past don't entries. Don't do that, dude. Uh, no, he's got five right now, it says. No, he has six. He does have he six. Has okay, six, so yeah. I hit on that. And then Max Fried's at two. Yeah. Ooh, but he is he has thrown a boatload. 51 of, pitches. Yeah, he's thrown a boatload of pitches. It's a huge inning right here. So I'm a little nervous. I'm a little nervous. Uh, Boehm, Harper, and Real Muto coming up for Philly. Oh. Ooh. That's not a lot of strikeouts no, right there. No, it's not. Uh, Zachy Poo's got six Ks, two <laughs> innings, no hits. Stud. Freed has two uh, two innings, four hits, an earned run, a walk, and two Ks, 51 pitches, only 29 strikes. Yeah. That is not good. That's not how you win on prize picks. I'm not that smart, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, Beavs. Beavers on a rampage. Atlanta choking their season away. Well, choking? I, I'm I don't know about that. There's a Zach lot of baseball Wheeler, to be played. Well, that and Zach Wheeler's really good. Yeah. You know. Uh, Bob Smith, Wheeler pitching a no-no. He is, right? It's two innings. See? Oh, I, no, no, no alert. Stop. No, no alert. Stop. Don't. No, no alert. Alert, alert, alert. This is a long-running. <laughs> God damn it. This is a long-running pet peeve of mine that started last year. When ES, the Cubs, it was a Cubs game. I can't remember who or what. It was after three innings. The Cubs were getting no hit. It was the Brewers. It was the Brewers. <laughs> and uh, I, ESPN sent out alert that the Brewers were on no-hit alert. <laughs> and, of course, the Cubs ended uh, that because, well, that's Wrigley North up in Milwaukee. Yeah. And we shellack the Brewers. But that's when it started for me, and now I always have an, oh, Zach Wheeler's on no-hit alert through one batter in the game. Only 26 more strikeouts to go. And it's like, dude, he's got one guy down. But he hasn't given up a hit. Zach Wheeler's throwing a no-hitter through one-third of an inning. Schemers trying to control their little worlds. It drives me crazy. Okay, here we go. He's one and two. First hitter in this inning. Let's go. Come he's on. one and two on Come on. Put him away. Get it done. Uh, Lonnie Johnson. What's up, Lonnie? Good to see you. Up, Hi, bud? guys. How are you doing today? Doing pretty well. Doing well. Good to see you, doing bro. Doing pretty well. Four minutes away. We'll get you the uh, latest headlines. We'll update you on Gonzaga to the Big 12 and then talk some NFL. Um, as we are currently prize picking and hoping and praying uh, that Max Freed can hang on because I need him to get three more strikeouts 
We're in the bo- uh, top of the 30. He's thrown 55 pitches. Got to have a K here. Come on. Ah! Foul ball. Okay, okay. We're still in it. See, this is what you can't do. You, like, can't watch on the beautiful 50, 60, whatever inch TV it is. You cannot have your prize picks on in the background. Can you measure it? Come on, buddy. And hope to be productive. Come on, buddy. You can do it. Right? Like, it's so difficult Uh to do that. So Uh difficult to do that, man. Like, hey! Oh, I ground it out. Damn it. Ooh, uh, I got on the ground out to the pitcher. I need Chris, strikeouts. Chris Eskin, Saga basketball won't survive in the Big 12. Maybe the first handful of years, but long-term, they won't be an every-year type of NCAA qualifier. Gonzaga. Why would we think that? Because Mark Few, I always default to the basketball coach. So you knew Dean Smith, Roy Williams. Like, I look at Bill Self. John Calipari's kind of the one that hasn't been able to compete, and Max Fried is just getting smoked right now. Um, <laughs> damn. God. All my hope is on Josh Jacobs. Um, you look at Mark Few, there is, unless he retires, then you get concerned. Mark Few is a phenomenal maker of men. Yeah. And if you want to play big-time college basketball games, you go to Gonzaga. You want to play in a battleship in San Diego Harbor against Michigan State on ESPN? You go to Gonzaga. Yep. When you want to play in big games, you go to Gonzaga, Gonzaga. Kansas, Alabama now basketball, right? Like, you go to the Dukes. You go play for Carolina. You go play, like, go to the Blue Bloods. But even if you're not going to be a Blue Blood and you have issues with academics because Gonzaga is no easy free pass, okay, great. Are you, if you look at just PNW, look at Oregon State, Washington State, Oregon, Washington, those are not basketball schools, right? Historically, anyway, they have not been basketball schools. If you're in the Pacific Northwest and you're a, you're a, a huge recruit, Mark Few knows your name and number. Yep. And he's talking to you and they're following you on social and you're in the pipeline. Yeah. He, it, it, it's, and the other thing he does is he develops. Nobody, Look at the guys that have come through there. Now he's putting guys like Chet into the NBA, and he's got guys. Yes. Like, he, there's no reason to think that he would fall off. If he was going to fall off, would he be able to recruit in the, in the WCC? How long do you think this dude's been waiting for a bigger opportunity, man? Like, you, you like. And now Freed's getting squeezed. <sighs> yeah. It's not good. Probably shouldn't have power played. Rye Daddy. Seems like Oregon State has more to offer the big. God. Why? I don't know why this is so complex. I, I truly do not. And I don't begrudge Oregon State fan, but oh, wow. oh Max Free gives up a two-run jack. Oh, dear. JT Real Muto, two for two now, and it is two-nothing Phillies. Uh, or three-nothing three Phillies, excuse me. As JT Real Muto hits a th- uh, two-run home run to make it three-nothing. Uh, we, we've covered this ground before. It has nothing to do with... This statement, Rye Daddy, and I don't know that you've ever commented on the show. Here's the issue. This tells me you don't understand the dynamics that are at play in the Big 12. That's what this tells me. Because in no way, shape, or form is the Big 12 going to 18 teams. Not now. Not at this moment. It has been repeated multiple times. That's just not where they're at. And this is not expansion out of the Big 12. This is... This is... The Big 12 saying, 
we are going to build the basketball pipeline. Yeah. We are going to build. They call they call football and basketball business units. Football's a business unit. Basketball's a business unit. And nobody is saying that it is just basketball only. That seems to be where people are leaning with Gonzaga. But nobody in the Big 12 has told me that it's basketball only. And it's frustrating to me that people can't grasp the concept that one, Washington State and Oregon State had the opportunity and the, the Big 12 and the Big 10 were not interested. They spoke to both at length multiple times. Number two, look at John Wilner's story today. John Wilner's story today, I think, is really significant in the framework of this conversation. And that is that the Pac-12, so the exiting 10 members and the two remaining members, Oregon State, Washington State, and the exiting 10 members, are now headed to arbitration, which as we've told you for the better part of two and a half weeks, there is real momentum between the two sides to settle this dispute over cash and assets and the brand that remains the, the Pac-12. If it was as simple as, well, I mean, Oregon State and Washington State are going to the Big 12. Why are we spending the money on arbitration? Why are we spending the money on, on attorneys? Why are we going through the process of fighting for something that you're not going to be able to hang on to? Why would you do that if you're going to the Big 12? You wouldn't. You wouldn't. What, what they clearly are angling for here is the money and the brand. Because is, if they control the remaining cash assets and the physical assets and the brand of the Pac-12, which is massive, it's huge, that allows them to merge with the Mountain West under the Pac-12 umbrella. It keeps them as a P5, at least for the next few years. And all of this is, I think, going to be a different conversation at that point anyway. It gives you a seat at the table. The other thing that it does is it immediately puts Oregon State and Washington State at the top of that conference and gives them access to the playoff, and it gives them a better route to the NCAA tournament. So you're Oregon State and Washington State, and you're, all we hear about in the comments section on this show is, oh, we want a seat at the table. We deserve better. So what are you really saying that you want? We deserve better. So you're saying you deserve a... The, the right to be in a conference that gets you to the college football playoff. That's not the Big 12. That's not the Big 12 because yeah. Washington State and Oregon State, you are not going to compete at the top of this conference. You have not competed at the top of the conference in the Pac-12 until last year and this year and what Smith is building in Oregon State because I still am not a believer wholeheartedly in Washington State. I think they have some real budgetary issues that are going to handcuff them. You're not getting that in the Big 12. You're getting that in a reimagined Pac-12. Why would you give that away? On top of all the money, on top of all the assets, on top of all the branding. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's like the people, it's the same concept as the people who are like, oh, well, Gonzaga dominates the WCC. Yeah. Why would they want to leave that? Well, why wouldn't Oregon State and Washington State want to go to the Mountain West and dominate that conference and be in the college football playoff conversation every year? And I mean, my, it's the same thing. Mike, you can keep running this out. It's not expansion. It's just expansion with a different word to replace expansion. It's not. Yeah, it's not, dude. If it was expansion, you would be adding at least two because why would you expand and have 
one team come in and be 17 members. Why would you do that? Well, you wouldn't. Oh, but this is not expansion. What this is, is a targeted addition to your basketball business unit. That's what this is. And I don't even care. You want to call it expansion? Feel better about yourself and call it expansion. But I'm telling you, the only way that Oregon State and Washington State tomorrow get into the Big 12 or another conference is if the ACC melts down. Yeah, That's the only way this is going to happen. Because how many times... Can we, can, can we, and now many, many others, Ross Dellinger, like you name the national guy, Mandel at, at the athletic, I think had something on this a couple of weeks ago, big 12 presidents don't want to go anywhere near 20. It's too much money. It's too much of a headache. The scheduling in the, in the non revenue generating sports is expensive and the simple human cost of adding that many people to facilitate that kind of build is just untenable thanks there it it makes no sense so you would at a minimum because you're going to add Gonzaga and let's play the game the Oregon State Washington State game and right so you're going to 20 then is what you're saying because you're not going to add three you're going to add four because if you add Washington State and Oregon State and Gonzaga now you're at 19 you're going to stop at 19 no, you're not. You would, but you're not going to do that because one, why would you add three teams from that market? Why would you want six former Pac-12 members? Because heard that again today. Not want nothing to do with a six t- school voting block of six teams that are really six schools that are really invested in each other's success because yes. that's what you would be. And I think some people will slide BYU into that conversation because what's best for BYU is what's best for, for Utah. And what's best for Utah is probably what's best for Washington State and Oregon State. And the Arizona schools, you're not splitting those two because now they're indelibly tied together. Like what's best for Oregon State is, or excuse me, Arizona State and Arizona, like that's what's best for each other. Totally. You're hurting yourself by adding Oregon State and Washington State because you don't need the region. You already have that. You don't need the voting block. You're getting rid of that in Texas and Oklahoma. Like, There's so many reasons why you would not do that unless the ACC melts down and there is a significant chance to add real revenue, new markets that help you facilitate this stuff. Yeah. But sitting here saying that it's not expansion, it's just expansion with a different uh, – run with it, man. I, you want to – call it what you want. Like, I'm not – the days of me arguing about – those are over. We, we – on this show, we have worked our asses off to have the right information, and every day it seems like somebody reports something we reported a month ago. Yep. Which is exactly what this is. Or, you know, then, in this case, you know, five months ago. And then John Wilner today says, oh, they're headed to arbitration, which is exactly what we told you they were doing. Hey, they're they're negotiating. They're talking. They're trying to work it out because they don't want to go to they don't want to go to court. They can't wait till November 14th. Hmm. Because the other thing that nobody wants to talk about is, oh, well, they're just doing this so that they can have money to give to the Big 12. The money's going away, man. Do you know how expensive it is? Even just arbitration. Do you know how much they're going to pay in arbitration? A lot. And they're already paying Oliver Luck? And they're already paying attorneys? 
and they're already paying court costs. Now they have a court date. They're going to pay that court cost. Do you guys understand how much money they're just pissing away? Uh, a lot. Just burn it, dude. Throw it in the fire. That's what you're doing. So all these assets are just being given away. Yeah. And there's no more money coming. That's the other part. Like, what's best for Oregon State and Washington State is if all 12 members have some incredible run through the basketball season and they get, they get shares for, forever, right? Like, they just get units, bam. And it all goes to Oregon State and Washington State. Unfortunately, basketball in this conference has been dead for how long? Seriously. Right? <laughs> uh, AAR says Gonzaga needs uh, – Gonzaga's Ags need a partner. Oh, they don't. Okay. So explain that. How do they need a partner? Because they're basically going to cost you nothing. They ESPN and Gonzaga have a one of the strongest working relationships in all of college athletics. We saw this wholesale with BYU and ESPN. It is no different. Gonzaga and ESPN have a great working relationship. Gonzaga has already, um, as I said on Twitter today, if you don't follow me on Twitter, The Monty Show, M-O-N-T-Y, The Monty Show, I said on Twitter today that Gonzaga has already said, hey, they're willing to take significantly less money. So let's call it half. They're going to take $15 million. Okay, so let's call it less than half then. It's with 30, you know, seven, whatever it is. Let's call it $15 million. It's going to take $15 million. Right. So the rest of that money stays in the conference. And the other part of it is, Gonzaga, over the last 20 years, has brought in 50 NCAA units to the WCC. So immediately what happens with Gonzaga? You join the Big 12, which is an elite basketball conference. So the number of units available for share is significantly higher in the Big 12 than it is in the WCC. And I think part of the rub with Gonzaga and the WCC is they're tired of giving money away because they've given all of their shares are, are split amongst, what is it, the nine other universities. Right. But it really is Gonzaga and St. Mary's. And Gonzaga has negotiated a deal where they get more of those shares, but they're still giving away the lion's share of their their money. So you immediately come into the Big 12, which puts so many more universities into the tournament. So the, the pot of shares is exponentially larger. And now you add Gonzaga into that and the pot grows more. Gonzaga's making more money. The conference is making more money. Their basketball unit's making more money. Their branding's making more money. Like it is a win-win for everybody. And ESPN's fully engaged in that. Any questions? Like, it's not going to cost you a penny. You're going to make more money on that. I, like, this is a this is a no-brainer. And I I don't believe, not for a second, not for a second. Like, AAR, nobody's taking a pay cut. Who's what do you take, mean? Who's taking a pay cut? Nobody's taking a pay cut for, for Gonzaga to join the conference. Gonzaga's going to take a small share that ESPN is going to pay for and they're going to bring you tournament money and they're going to bring you basketball, regular season tournament, big game money. This is, this is not difficult. They don't need to take, they, nobody in the conference needs to take a pay cut because no. Gonzaga is more than covering their cost. I, I, I just, what I'm trying to understand is what's the downside of 
Gonzaga joining the Big 12. The negativity that's come out of this story today is, I think it's irrational. I don't understand it. Help me understand what the downside of Gonzaga to the Big it's, 12 it's, is. It, people, in my opinion, people are down on this because everyone thinks that Washington State and Oregon State should be in the Big 12. That's all it is. And it's irrational thinking. It's emotional thinking. It doesn't take into account business on any level. Like, it, it just doesn't. And yeah. that's why everyone's being negative about Gonzaga. So if you're the guy, respectfully, I'm not trying to come after anyone, but if you're sitting here saying, okay, a, the Big 12 is expanding. No, they're not. Uh, B, Gonzaga needs a partner. No, they don't. And C, uh, nobody's taking a pay cut in the Big 12 to pay for Gonzaga. On one hand, you're right, but you're not saying it for the right reasons. You're saying it because you think Gonzaga is not worth it because people won't take a pay cut. They don't need to take a pay cut. It, it's very straightforward economics for the Big 12. Yeah, it, it's not. I just think you're looking at a situation where you just need you you just need the the in my opinion it's my opinion I think you just need to facilitate the money make sure that the WCC is taken care of and from what I'm told they are because they get to keep all of Gonzaga's shares you're talking about millions of dollars it, I mean it it works for everybody it's simply a matter of time I think it's ten days to two weeks yeah. I think that makes the most sense. But, you know. Lance, uh, Gonzaga would dilute the payout for the Big 12. But if the payout's larger, are you diluting it? So diluting the payout would mean that it's the same payout, but just more people are taking money. But if the payout's larger, uh, and they're not taking a full share of, of their media money, of the conference media money, you're certainly not diluting a payout. No, you're not diluting it. That's that's what I'm saying. This is again respectfully, Lance. I love you, dude. But why are we struggling to understand this? Because again, Gonzaga doesn't play football. So first of all, before we even talk about whether they're going to take a full share or not, they were never taking a full yeah. piece of the pie because they don't play football. So whatever that reduced share would have been because you're a basketball only, they'll probably take just a little bit less than that to justify them yep. coming into the conference. And then all they're going to do is they're going to come into this thing and go to the tournament because that's what they do. And Mark Few is going to recruit his ass off like he does every single year. And by the way, for all those guys saying he can't recruit or won't recruit or whatever, dude, he's going to recruit better now that he's in the Big 12 because you're playing more big time games you're not playing yeah. the wcc yeah. schedule anymore well and i just go back to the basketball unit conversation i mean yeah. you're looking at a situation where we've told you for months yeah that the big 12 is going to separate basketball and football they have what's called a commercial division which is a fancy word for hey here's a huge office space full of people who only sell all they do is sell branding and marketing deals. And they get Rucker Park paid for. Hey, Big 12 basketball at Rucker Park, thanks to your mom's convenience store. And Big 12 basketball in Mexico City, thanks to Modelo, whoever. That's what commercial divisions do because basketball is its own business. Football is its own business. So 17 teams in basketball has no impact on football. Mm -hmm. Football money is different. And I think ultimately – 
What I've been hearing and hearing and hearing is basketball is going to have its own TV deal and football is going to have its own TV deal, and they're going to be completely separate. And isn't that how it should be? It's two completely different. Like, if you really think about it, think about how different a football schedule is and in the event for a football game is versus a basketball schedule and the event that is a basketball game. Smaller, a lot more smaller crowds and just more games, right? You're getting your your total attendance through more bandwidth in basketball, but in football, it's less games, 100,000 people. Right. So it's two totally different things, yeah, man. I, I just don't think it has to be a personal thing. Like, I don't understand why people get so upset about it. Uh, Monty Musgrove, uh, cool name, dude. Lance Johnson, when Big 12 negotiates basketball-only deals, will be extra, not less. Yeah. And I, I think that's significant. Absolutely. Uh, RJ3, Aranda and Kingsbury are the same. Great OC, DC, but not head coaches. 100%. Absolutely. 100%. Absolutely, absolutely. But again, right. why do you think uh, why do you think SC's offense is so dominant? That's why. Yeah, uh, Beavers on a rampage. Big Twelve wants Louisville, Pitt, Virginia Tech, and Duke. I mean, I could see that. I think um, the Big Ten is going to be the one to watch in the ACC because I think I think Carolina, Carolina, and Duke. I think are great fits. The biggest question is how much of a roadblock does Florida present for Florida State? Mm -hmm. That's the big one. Phenomenal Hebrew. So you're saying, Monty, that Immaculate don't know what the bleep he's talking about. I don't know what Immaculate's saying. I don't know, and I'm not interested in fighting with him. I'm not saying he's wrong. I'm not. That's he's perfectly entitled to his opinion. But he, I think Immaculate even said it's his opinion. He hasn't talked to anybody. Okay, cool. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not I'm not the end all be all on anything, you guys. Like I, I appreciate that you're here and I appreciate, you know, three thousand people have watched our show today and you hit the like button and that's all great. I love that you guys are all here, you know, like just being annoyed in the comment section. It helps the channel grow. Thank you for commenting. Thanks for being here, man. Appreciate it. Katie Raider. What's up, Katie Raider? Good week for you. Uh, smack that like button. Thank you. Do it. Aaron uh, Wilson, what's up, Aaron? Good weekend for you as well. Aranda has almost zero personality, it seems. He is kind of flat. He's, he's just meh. And, and I think that's his problem. And I think to everyone's comments, that's why he's better as a DC than a head coach. Like, as a head coach, you have to have at least some – you have to have something. So, like, you either need to be the a-hole head coach or you need to be the charismatic guy or whatever. You need yep. to be Bill Belichick's type head – like, whatever. But you got to be something, and Dave is just nothing personality-wise. It's tough, and I feel I feel bad for Dave because he is a super good dude. Yeah. I know a bunch of people have worked around him. I've only talked to him twice, I think, and he's just a he's a good dude. Yeah. Um, let's see. Ron Loney says Monty is into self-love. No partner. Can't love yourself. Who can you love? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, Randall says Mike Smith is in need of a hug. No, he's not. Mike Smith is Mike Smith's good to go, man. Aaron Wilson says, I need a hug. Uh, AAR, nobody in the Big 12 takes a pay cut for Gonzaga. Yeah, that's cool. Um, Kansas would never take a pay cut for the Zags. No, they wouldn't. You're right. You're exactly right. You know. Uh, to Todd Father, I'm all for it, Monty, but we don't break off basketball brand until 2031. I think it'll be sooner than that. Because I think, and this is part of where you have – what you need, which is a commissioner that has relationships. 
And I think it's hugely important um, that your commissioner is able to go to his TV partners and say, hey, because every time you expand, uh, every time you contract, every time you, anytime you change your conference, you have to go to your TV partners and open up your grant of rights. Thanks. And it's a matter, that's why getting the presidents in line, you can do what Brett Yormark is doing, you cannot do unless your presidents are all in line behind you. Yes. Because they ultimately have to sign a reimagined re grant of rights. And the first thing people say is, oh, well, then they'll get out of the conference. Well, how'd that work out for Calford and the ACC? <laughs> it doesn't mean that your grant of rights is dissolved. It, think of it as an amendment to a contract. Yeah. Hey, we're going to add Stanford and Cal to the conference. Here's the financial. Okay, great. Everybody signs off. Yeah. That's what you do. That, that is, it is what it is. Beavers on a rampage. Mark Few's winning percentage will definitely drop. Well, yeah. I mean, because you're not, you don't get, you don't get San Diego every year. Yeah, you're obviously playing better, better competition, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, Mike Smith, who is being negative about the Zags to the Big 12? All of the Oregon State and Washington State people who are just for sure that you're not going to take Gonzaga unless you take Oregon State and Washington State. And it, I just don't understand the... Yeah. I think as fans, we get so invested in the well-being of our schools, and I understand that. Yeah. But you at some point have to look at the logics of it. At some point, the math has to pencil out. At some point, you have to understand, okay, well, what's the Big 12's, you know, what is their ecosystem look like? How are they operating? What are their, where are they pointed at? What are they trying to do? Like, it has to line up, and it just does not line up for Oregon State and Washington State at this present moment yeah. to join that conference. It just does not. You had four or five original members of the Big 12 not wanting to add BYU, UCF, Cincinnati, and Houston. You had, from what I understand, two, two presidents that were dead set against the Arizona schools. Yeah. I, I mean, you have, and I, I'm, I'm not trying to be redundant, but I hear from Big 12 people all the time, we don't want Pac-12 blocks in our conference. We're getting rid of that with Texas and Oklahoma. I hear that all the time. All the time, they don't want it. Yeah. Is that logical? I have no idea. I have no idea, but people tell me that, and these are people who have been right straight down the line. So it, it just, and I agree, Monty, it's brilliant. Of the Big 12, the Atkins it is a it is a a no brainer. The total and complete mastering of your business model and no understanding brainer. how how it impacts your business model and understanding you know just where you want to take this conference. Lance Johnson, it's like accepting Oregon State and Washington State. Gonzaga is not enough value. Okay, Lance, explain to me why how yeah. how are they not enough value? What does that mean? What does that mean? I, I don't get it. AAR, uh, it's the Big 12 Conference who said nothing was going on with Gonzaga, but we've been telling you for since February. And Brett Yormark, I would remind you, has never said nothing's going on. Like there's this belief that people are like, oh, they weren't talking. Well, if you didn't see at the top of the show, here's exactly what I told you. They did, once the, the four-corner edition was done, the presidents in the Big 12 were like, yeah, we just need to decelerate. Because August, I think it was August 4th, we were, we were hearing, hey, Gonzaga's really close. Brett Yormark was right. pushing Gonzaga. Gonzaga at that point said, hey, 
we'd really like some space. We want to have our own moment, which I totally understand. Mm-hmm. And the presidents in the Big 12 were like, hey, man, let's just let this simmer. And what Brett Yormark did was like, yeah, no problem. Great. Understand. And he just kept going to Gonzaga and t- tapping him on the shoulder. Hey, just, just, hey, it's Brett. Just stopping by to say hello. How you guys doing? Good to see you. I hope everything's good. Hey, it's Brett. Hey, just wanted to make sure I'm on your mind. Hey, guys. Kept in touch. Kept the lines of communication open. Sure. And then two weeks ago, went back to Gonzaga and said, let's, let's start talking about this again. Talked to Gonzaga. Made sure everything was still copacetic. Big 12 meetings last week. Put it in front of the presidents. Presidents were like, well, make the case. It, it, this house was explained to me. Make the case. He made the case and everybody was like, yeah, let's see where this goes. Sure, keep talking. Let's, let's see where this goes. And I think where this goes is how much money is, is Gonzaga willing to not take in the media deal. Yeah. And that's going to ultimately, I, that's why I say I think it's 10 days. I think they're, they're dotting I's and crossing T's. Yeah, and I think that's always the conversation, right? I mean, you get to a point where you're both in agreement that you want to make something happen. Okay, now we just need to work on 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 the 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 important items that decide it, which is, hey, how much money are you going to want, you know, every year in your payout, and how much money are you willing not not to make? And that's with any program, and it's a perfectly logical conversation. And I would even go as far as to say both of those, Brett Yormark and Gonzaga both know what their number is and, you know, how far they're willing to go. It's just it's just business, and yeah. and so so like you know whether it's Lance Johnson or anyone else in the comment section, hey man, if that's your belief, that's fine, but the economics are the economics. Like what we're talking about with why Gonzaga is valuable to Big Twelve is not opinion. Yeah. It, it, it is just literally the value. Yep. Uh, Stan. So it turns out Mel Tucker was basically being blackmailed. Well, I think that's strong. Um, the so you know that Mel Tucker the former football coach at Michigan State, mm-hmm. um, brought in a woman to speak about, essentially, hey, to his football team, hey, treat women well. And allegedly, he had unwanted and unprovoked sexual encounters by telephone, allegedly, with this woman. And she was granted a restraining order Thursday uh, I believe by Thursday or Friday by a judge preventing Mel Tucker and his attorneys from releasing text messages from her and him that he is saying, and this is how I understand it. It's my opinion, how he is saying that those text messages show she was blackmailing him looking for a payday. Now we haven't seen those text messages and I know that the guys at you know, Clay Travis went crazy on this over the weekend. And until you see the entire string of text messages, which is why we have lawsuits and trials and mm-hmm. let's have all the evidence come out. I don't think there's any doubt that Michigan State, you don't fire Mel Tucker for cause and do it so loudly and publicly if this woman made it up and was blackmailing him. Yeah. Let's, let's, again, use your common sense here. If you're Michigan State, 
Have you seen those text messages? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You loudly, publicly, in court documents, on paper, in press releases, torched Mel Tucker. And then fired him for cause so he gets no money from you. In his, what was it, $75 million he's leaving on the table. Yeah. And you think they haven't seen those text messages. And you did that damn well knowing he was going to sue you back. I think they've seen those text messages. Yeah. And I have a hard time, I have a hard time believing that just out of nowhere that a judge is like, yeah, we're not going to let those text messages get out. Would a judge grant a restraining order if those text messages contain blackmail against Mel Tucker and and evidence that all of her allegations were lies? I have a hard time believing that. All I'm saying is I want to see the text messages before I convict this person. Yeah. And I want to see the text messages before I just out and out believe that Mel Tucker did what he said he was going to do which is prove his innocence. Okay, well, I need to see the text messages first. If those text messages show blackmail and that she made the whole thing up and Mel Tucker never never gave unsolicited, unwanted phone sex to this woman and it was all lies she made up, I'm going to side with Mel Tucker. Just like I sided with Trevor Bauer. Perfect example. But I only side with Trevor Bauer because I've seen the text messages now. Yes. And I've seen all the evidence. Yep. And he went as far as to make sure in his settlement with her that he could talk about it and release information. And her answer to that was, oh, yeah, the lighting was, uh, the lighting, the lighting was so good that you couldn't see the brutal abuse I took on my face. I doubt that. There's no doubt Trevor Bauer got piped. Yeah. Uh, did Mel Tucker get piped? I have a hard time believing that he is innocent when Michigan State did what they did. Though, <laughs> yeah, dude, you dude. never see institutions do that. Institutions don't want the trouble, man. They no don't comment. want. No comment. Yeah, they, dude. Internal matter can't talk about. Yeah, it. litigation can't. They not only said, "Yeah, we're in court with him," but hey, here's why we fired him, dude. Yeah, like, it's and we all remember the tone of that. That statement they put out when they fired Man. Mel, dude. Like, they went after him. They were said. not like, playing they, around, bro. Yeah, dude. And, and, and that's why I say, like, again, haven't seen the text messages, haven't seen the full full bag evidence, but but actions speak louder than words, man. And I, unless Michigan State is just incompetent at the chancellor level, because that's how high this thing is when something like this happens, the chancellor knows and is handling it. Dude, unless that individual is incompetent, mm. Uh, I'm going to, my assumption is that they saw the evidence. And listen, I hope that Michigan State pays Mel Tucker. I, but if he did what he's accused of doing, I mean, it's almost directly in opposition to the language in his contract. Yeah. He has language in his contract that specifically forbids this. So if he actually engaged in this kind of conduct with this woman, he knew what he was doing. Yeah. And he doesn't deserve that money. If he was being blackmailed and it's all a lie and he never did that, pay the man his money and more. Yeah. Because he'll never get his name back. Trevor Bauer, he'll never get his name back. He'll never make the money that he's lost now. Mel Tucker will, will likely never be a head coach again. He may never coach football again. When you are accused of sexual misconduct with women, mm, good luck. Yeah. Pervin Meyer, good luck.
Good luck. And I... Uh, Mike Smith, hard to believe they would not allow the text messages as part of Discovery if they had anything of real evidence. And is Discovery, they're going to be allowed in. Yeah. What Mel Tucker and his lawyers are not allowed to do is just give them to the media right now. That's what the restraining order does. Yeah. The restraining order says Mel Tucker and his lawyer, and this was Friday, so forgive me if I'm, if I'm a little inaccurate. In my best recollection, in my opinion, the, t- the restraining order says Mel Tucker and his attorneys cannot release it to the media. Yeah. And it, it's just really unfortunate. Really unfortunate. Phenomenal Hebrew. If Michigan State went full ham, yeah, that's clearly evidence that Mel did something naughty, right? Well, let's be very specific because <laughs> right? I don't want people playing the word game. It's not evidence. It's it's it give it just puts off vibes that they believe that he did it. And and again, you've seen it go both ways here, right? Where where the institution took too long Correct. to fire someone or suspend them or discipline well, them. And to your what did you say the other day? Like Michigan State can't have a risk here. No, well, a well two after things. the Larry Nassar thing. Come on. Yeah, I mean two things. One. Uh, the day this came out, the very next show, I said, hey, notice Mel's not denying anything. Mel himself said, hey, we had interactions and they were consensual. So don't Ooh. tell me that they don't have text message evidence of some variety and, and phone logs of some variety. And I guarantee you there's a way to get those calls transcribed, guaranteed, 100%. Um, so Mel's never denied anything. And then, yeah, with what happened with Larry, Michigan State can in no way, shape, or form can come off looking like they hesitated. Hey, you handled the Larry thing, okay? We moved on from that, had a little run here, and then Mel Tucker happened. So now, because of that Larry situation, Michigan State, if provoked, have to come down with the hammer. And that's absolutely what they did. And I, I you don't do what they did knowing he was going to countersue you unless you were confident as hell that you were going to win the suit. You, you just you just don't. So that's why I say, like, I just, their behavior says he did it. Yeah, and I think the other issue here, and this is very much like, it's weird how close this is to the, the Trevor Bauer case. Yeah. Like, this woman that is accusing Mel Tucker has openly talked about the fact that he's, there was a text message they released that talked about how he was getting... I think she said something like $700,000 a month direct deposited to his bank account. And she texted, she texted somebody and was saying, can you imagine $700,000 going into your bank account? Dude. And she talked about how he had a $90 million contract. And then she was texting Mel Tucker. If memory serves me right again, forgive me if I'm a little off. This was last week, but she said something to the effect to Mel Tucker. Hey, I'm down to $5 like trying to get him to give her money. And that was like two days before she filed her case, I think, allegedly. So there's definitely some awareness. She knew how much money he was making. She wanted that money. But I think one of the biggest differences between this and Trevor Bauer is that Trevor Bauer's stuff um, predominantly happened in person and the claims were physical, right? Hey, he put his hands on me. Yeah, the, the Trevor Bauer, the pitcher for the Dodgers, got involved in a, um, a a sexual relationship. Oh, no! Don't do it! Max Fried is out of the game. 
Oh, no way he got there. Empty. No nah, way he, he got there. Three strikeouts. He there. didn't. It's over. Empty. The opposite. Now, now, and we'll get back to Mel Tucker. One second. Now, forgive me. Three strikeouts. And, and hear me out here, okay, for all you prize pickers that just lost with me. Okay? Knock on wood if you're with me, right? Uh, dude, he did not come out and have the outing that I thought he was going to have. You're you're down 1-0 in this series. It's a best of five. You're playing for your season can't, right you here. You can't go, yeah. You're playing for your season right here. So I thought, okay, yeah, sure, it's Zach Wheeler. And Zach Wheeler's a more reliable pick here. But it's Max Freed. Max said he was feeling great. Totally different outing this year than last year. Before the game, he was saying, hey, this is a different thing for me now. So I was like, all right, cool. 5Ks, really not nothing. You figure get six innings out of him at least. But I have to say, I am much more of a Phillies guy than a Braves guy. And Zach Wheeler is out here dominating this team right now. Yeah. So whatever, dude. I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I'm living with it tonight. I'm good. Damn. Damn. Uh, giggity. An early loss in prize picks means you have time to try again in later games. Yeah. Well, you're going eh, I'm not playing twice in one day. Stan Sorry. says uh, Michigan State have wanted out of that huge 10-year contract. That was an easy way out. I'm not willing to do that. And I think that's a, that's when people get outraged when we make accusations like, oh, the guy's guilty. He's guilty. We should be just as outraged as that, at that because you're you're accusing the university of, of essentially taking this guy through the mud for just because they don't want to pay him. Yeah. I think we need to wait. Yeah. We need to wait. Uh, Dakota Tubbs, anyone here from Gumby, or does he keep dropping soap in the YouTube jail? Yeah, I haven't heard from Gumby, man. I don't know what happened. He's not blocked. And by the way, even if his even if his account got deleted, he'd have made another one. Yeah, so and, I, and we you know. probably would. I, I went and made sure he was not blocked today, and I unblocked a bunch of people. I didn't even. There's a box in YouTube that shows you all the people that are filtered. The quickest way on this show to get filtered is to use emojis. So he was never he was never blocked. Yeah. Lamont Tucker, Mel Tucker did it, but what he's trying to prove is that it was consensual. Yeah, man. Yeah, and I think that's a dangerous game to play, Lamont. I think, I think it is. I think that that's the hard part is like you're gonna do this whole thing where you your lawyer, your counsel, if your Mel Tucker has clearly sold you on the idea that they have enough to win this case, that yeah, it was consensual and he shouldn't have been fired. Because you knew as soon as you put that statement out, because I understand this, dude, understand this. If you're Mel and his attorneys, when you put that statement out saying it was consensual, we did it, and I should not be fired for this, you're admitting you did it, you knew you were going to be fired, and you knew you were headed for a court battle. Don't get that twisted. They knew exactly what that was going to lead to. And so did Michigan State. And, and again, I'm not trying to be Mr. Virtuoso. Dude, it's another rich dude falling at the feet of money, giving his money away to sex. And that's the other thing I always say. Or it's another rich dude falling at the feet of sex who's going to lose his money to sex. You don't get into this type of situation because you did nothing. No. Something happened. Yeah, I think it's really unfortunate. I think it's really, really, really unfortunate. And look at that. We start talking about Mel Tucker, and all of a sudden we get bots <laughs> in the chat, dude. We get bots in the chat. We start talking about Mel Tucker. <laughs> oh my God. Funny how that works, isn't it? It, it? it is. It is very funny how that works. So, you know, sorry. Uh, Christopher Shannon, Mel, Tuc uh, Mel Tucker. Gumby got a new job, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. OG Gary, he did not have viral relations with that woman. Because it's illegal. Virtual. He did not have virtual relations with that woman. He did, though. He, and that's the other problem. He didn't deny it. He didn't deny it. Yeah. And I. Yeah. 
He didn't deny it. He did not. That's what you it get. Just, yeah, it just is. Dogs or ducks? Ducks. I, I think it's going to be awfully difficult to overcome Bo Nix. Yeah. I mean, I love Penix. I love – it's in Seattle, so it's going to be a really close game. But I, I think Bo Nix is just playing at such a high level right and now. And Oregon's more physical than Washington, in my opinion, and they're going to inflict that will. They're two very good teams. Uh, 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 you, ju- you have to love – you got to love games like this. It's, it's, it's Texas OU. Yep. I expect nothing less than Texas OU when, when we get Oregon-Washington. Yeah. Nothing. Yep. Uh, it, it, yeah, I agree, AAR. I think it's Oregon Ducks by a nose or a beak. Quite, Bill? Uh, okay. OG Gary Monty is, is unit a form of block of million of dollar. I don't know. Is it? That could be wrong. That could be. Uh, Chuck B, keeping the PXG wedge talk till the end. I see you working, Monty. Well. Oh. Dude, we we had some gas with those wedges this weekend, dude. Man, I'm talking about that 60 did work this weekend. Spangler says ducks are going to kill him. You know. Aaron Wilson says tech wins out. You better hope. You better hope. Monty Musgrove says the best thing to happen to Oklahoma was Riley leaving. Oklahoma was never going to win anything of significance if Riley stayed with no defense and moved to SEC. Well, you got a defense now, don't you? Yes, you do. Man. Uh, Lamont Tucker, 45-31 Oregon. Uh, I have trouble with that, dude. That's in Seattle. If that's yeah. the score, forget. Just give just give Oregon the national championship right now. Like, my God. That would be amazing. Uh, Mike Smith, Gumby is busy working on Big 12 expansion by getting Gonzaga into the Big 12. Man, you are stuck on that, dude. Is it personal to you, Mike? Like, what is the rub there? I don't understand. That's what I mean. Like, I don't understand the fight over Gonzaga. Yeah, dude. And it's oh, it's expansion. You guys want to come in and stir the pot, and then you don't want to justify it. So. I, and hey, go for it. Go go for it. I, I'm I'm. If you want to call it expansion, call it expansion. <laughs> what? And now I'm getting DMs that say Victor Wembanyama is the role model that all sports need. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Gregory Krug, totally unrelated. Monty likes Chicagoland teams. Does this include the White Sox? Come on, man. I who who's I that? Yeah, I don't. Who, who, yeah, it doesn't. You know. Um, let's see. UCLA Dark Horse Pac-12 champs. No, 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 no. They're physical enough. They're physical enough. They are honestly. They are. They are, and they can beat anybody. They almost beat Utah at Utah. I mean, they can beat anybody with that defense. And I think you're looking at, and we talked all about this, by the way, but I think you're looking at a situation where you have a quarterback that is getting better snap in and snap out. And I think when you look at, what did Moore put up? Like two picks? Yeah, 22 of 44 for Dante Moore. 22 of 44, 290, a touchdown and, a, and two interceptions. If you take the two interceptions, take one of the two interceptions, because yeah. that would be development. Yeah. Washington State's very good. You beat Washington State by holding them pointless in the fourth quarter. And that's that's nothing to that's nothing to overlook. I mean, that game, granted it was at the Rose Bowl, but that's still to play that level of defense against that level of offense. If Dante Moore doesn't turn that ball over two more two times and help, again, take one off, you're probably in a lot better place. UCLA is as physical as I think a Chip Kelly team needs to be. So it'll be interesting. Beavers on a rampage, Washington 27, Oregon 24. It's going to be something like that. Yeah. I think it's going to be something like that. Uh, the Tater Man. 
If you don't like the Zags to the Big 12, that's okay, but I don't think your mark makes this move without about three more moves after that After that, already in the works. Some of those will be football-related. I, I just don't think the presidents, from what I've been told, the presidents don't have an appetite for any anything more than than 16 in football. Yeah. Not now. And there's no reason to, man. It's just so much more money and time and humanity. It you have to hire, you have to spend more money, you have to hire, you have to spend money to hire, you got to pay benefits. It's it is and it's not a little bit. It's a lot, man. Like just from office to executing executing on the field. Yeah. Venue representation, cost of venues, I mean, it's just everything. It's so much more money. And just in your infrastructure of digital, social, like all of this stuff you have to ramp up and then you have to pay to train your new membership. And then we haven't even talked about making a schedule matrix. Yeah. It's just so much, man. It is so much. We'll see, though. I think if the, the only way they go to 20 is if the ACC melts down. Yeah. And if they can get some part of the Virginia schools, I think they would love to do that. I think the Big 12 would love to re-add Louisville. I think that makes all the sense in the world. Like, there's moves there if the ACC melts down. Yes. If. And I, that's a big – what happens to NC State? Where does NC State go? Because they're um, not going to the Big Ten, and I'm telling you, Carolina and the Big Ten are a match made in heaven. Yes. Does Florida State get into the SEC? Will Florida keep Will Florida keep Florida State out of the SEC? Like, those are the variables you're throwing around. So we're talking about Oregon State and Washington State. Well, potentially, let's say worst case scenario for Florida State. Florida State could be in the Big Twelve. Do you want Washington State, Oregon State, or Florida State? who makes money in football and basketball, I would remind you, at Florida State. Yeah. Like, there's a lot to consider. It's When we talk about going to 18 teams in football, dude, you're really limiting yourself because I think it's a matter of time. There is something has changed in the ACC. Somebody found something somewhere, I would guess, because there is now a lot of talk around, hey, what's going to happen in the next – 20 days in the ACC. Uh-huh. There's a lot of talk about that. You know, like I, I, I look at the, the, well, Bryce, this is, I also wonder about Miami. Where does, where, where does the university of Miami go? They're not an SEC team. They're not. And they're definitely not a big 10 team. So are you going to the big 12? Uh, are you, are you as an ACC trying to add teams to keep your league together? Very interesting question. You know, like uh, the Tater Man, UNC and Miami have to be locks for the Big Ten. No, no, I don't. UNC, not my, I don't think Miami. I I think a Mm-mm. I think a Miami squad that's top ten in the country. Yeah, maybe you've got a case because then you can say, hey, we're top ten in the country. Like we're doing really well. You know, we've got our program in order. But but I I just don't think you're there right now. You're not like. And, and this weekend aside, that last play, I'm not even talking about that. I'm just talking about the feel right now. Like just the it just And Miami, culturally speaking, is so aft right now. The yeah. city of Miami is in absolute disarray and turmoil. Yeah, Florida's and a different beast. There's no and Miami is a different beast than even Florida. 
I mean, like the state, like yeah. being involved in that state is, is and, a beast. And Miami's a bigger beast than the state of Florida. It is the problems, the corruption, the, in the city of Miami, which is exactly where the university of Miami is, dude, it's tough, man. But if you look at what about a school like Pitt, Pitt's a big 10 team, but here's the problem. The big, T- I think the big 10 would go to 22. I think if the ACC melts down, Notre Dame and North Carolina are going to the Big Ten. And I think they would take Pitt, and I think they would take one more. And that, I think that would be it. And I think that there is a lot of value in that for the Big Ten because it was explained to me a couple of weeks ago when we talked about this. If you go over 20, you're, you're basically doubling your infrastructure cost. From 16 to 20, there's just so much more work to do. From officiating, from administration, layers, like just the the layers of academic personnel that you have to add to facilitate that for all of, for and the other thing about this is, and I think this is huge in a league like the Big 12, what sports are you going to cut? Because you cannot have 20, 20 sports at every university. There is, there's just no way. What sports are you going to cut? How much, how much Olympic sports are going to get cut? Because there is, again, yeah. there is just no way on God's green earth that you're going to be able to facilitate all of those. You understand the human cost of facilitating the, the, the behemoth that is, let's, let's just say every school, let's just even say 17. Right. If you have 24 universities that play 17 sports, that's 400 teams in a conference. 400. Now, if you if you stick it at 20, imagine imagine 24 teams with 20 sports. That's 480 teams. Do you know how difficult do you know how much money that is to spend for non-revenue generation? And you get a little bit of money in stick and ball sports. So right. softball, baseball. You get a little bit of money in track and field, heavily subsidized by shoe companies. Lacrosse, golf. Golf is golf is very much moving to an NIL sport. Very heavily moving to an NIL yes. sport. Like you know, that's why I'm saying when you talk about, and again, I'm not trying to slight Oregon State and Washington State. When you talk about the culture and the climate in the Big 12, one, I don't think they want anything to do with 18 right now. Two, you have really solid athletic programs at Oregon State. Really solid. And again, you have such budgetary issues at Washington State. I think they're going to cut sports anyway. But you just have a behemoth on your hands at that point. And then if you're the Big Ten, imagine adding Notre Dame, lock, stock, and barrel, all their sports because the ACC melted down. Notre Dame goes Notre to the Dame Big Ten. Notre Dame, our mother. That on its own is like, goddamn. And then let's say you have North Carolina. You just added North Carolina that's got a behemoth basketball program and, and its own ecosystem of basketball. At North Carolina, the Dukes, the Kansases, the Kentuckys, 
basketball is its own city block program right like for real you're not even wrong so you're adding behemoths in notre dame and north carolina so now Pitt becomes less valuable or virginia tech becomes less valuable yep well now it becomes more valuable to the big 12 because espn is going to want to help those schools find landing spots espn's not invested in Oregon State and Washington State, they are heavily invested in the ACC and the Big 12. You got, you just, you got to put the puzzle together here, man. I'm telling you, yep. it's not personal. It's the reality of that situation. Dakota Tubbs, uh, UNC is going to be an SEC team in the future. Virginia is more Big Ten speed. I, I think that the Big Ten and UNC have a, a mutual admiration society working. Yeah. And I have heard that repeatedly, repeatedly. I think it's going to be really difficult not to put the North Carolina in the Big Ten. I think it's a great fit. Yeah. Uh, Gary, OG Gary, 24 teams should be the limit. How, How do you even operate over that? I don't even know. MH5, the city of Miami needs a few more icebergs to melt. The sea will wash that corruption away. Wow. Let's hope not. Let's hope not. Um, Beavers on a rampage. Florida will never allow Florida State and the SEC if they threaten to leave for the Big Ten. The SEC would say no to Florida State, who has been talking about leaving for the Big Ten anyway. There's Florida. It's Florida. Yeah, Florida State is, they've stopped talking for now. That doesn't mean they won't start talking again later. Yeah. Bryce Martin, uh, if the Big 12 gets Florida State and Miami, you can make the argument the Big 12 owns Florida. Uh, you could very much make that argument there, but I think the SEC would rather have Florida State and Florida. And you know, Miami's a very interesting. Yeah. Uh, Greg, wow, Greg Hawkins. Oh, ooh, we win a bunch of money on prize picks. We kick ass on prize uh, picks, and all of a sudden, we're back on the show. Bro. Gonzaga. Oh, I ran the table this weekend. Greg Hawkins is a multimillionaire because he plays prize picks. Gonzaga. I already lost on prize picks tonight, Greg. I like Gonzaga. Max Freed, you prick. What a joke. Strike two more guys out and then get shelled, please. Whatever. Whatever. Uh, congratulations, Greg. Uh, Lance Johnson. Big will not take Florida State. Their academics suck. They're not great. And that's another thing about UNC. I'm te- UNC, they love Juggernaut. them. Uh, Greg Hawkins about to get 120 more today. Let's go, Greg. Let's go. Dakota Tubbs, do you think the SEC cares what their members want? They added Texas behind A&M's back. It's what's better for the league as a whole, not just one member. But the SEC is not a democracy, though. Behind A&M's back? What the hell has A&M done? Like, A&M hasn't done enough to say, oh, we're offended you would add Texas. That's not how it works, dude. Might want to beat Alabama when you have them down. Yeah, like uh, that's my thing, and, and it's not a. I mean, it is a Jimbo thing, but for my argument, it's not really a Jimbo thing. It's just an A and M thing. Yeah, you haven't done enough to be like, no, you're not adding this or that. That's not how it works. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, the Monty Show obviously is powered by our good friends at Bucked Up Energy, the official energy drink of the Monty Show. Look at this man. Two and a half hours ago, we had a buck shot. Yeah, and we had powered through it. Get the free. Let me see. We were down to like 20, high 20s when the show started. We need you guys to go get those uh, buckshot samples. Um, So we are 
Come on, baby. The app is going very slow. Show it to me. That that felt that felt creepy. Yeah. We are exact. Oh man, you guys, you are freaking amazing. Um, we need what is that? Three ten. We need fifteen people to go and get the free buckshot sample on, in man. the description below. Click the link, Do get it. six free buckshots sent right to your front door. We have 281 people. We need 15 of you. Who are my 15 friends? You And maybe if you go and do it right now and get the 15, I might hook you up with some merch. Might. I don't know, though. Probably not. You know. Because we don't have merch yet. But we're it's coming. <laughs> Let's go. 15 people. Go hook it up for our good friends at Bucked Up Energy, the official Bucked Up Energy Provides. The, I'm trying to say something, but I have to pee, so I can't. <laughs> Put the bucked up. The official energy provider of the Monty Show. By the way, tomorrow, I need to know how many people use their phone in the bathroom. Jake ruined my pooping while phoning thing today. Yeah. Until tomorrow, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.